Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A, D, 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 F sharp, A will be the first notes of our show. We'll start with the seed of an idea, then plant it onto paper with a Dixon Ticonderoga, and then watch it sprout into a musical, and then we'll help to make it grow. Nothing guarantees it will stand out. Hello, all you theater lovers, both out and proud and on the DL, and welcome back to Broadway Breakdown, a podcast discussing the history and legacy of American theater's most exclusive address, Broadway. This series is called The Big Move, and it was covering shows that had such success off-Broadway. They just had to move to the Great White Way and try some luck over there. I am your host, Matt Koplik, the least famous and most opinionated of all the Broadway podcast hosts. Although, not to brag, I do think I have to start changing that title soon. I don't think I'm the least famous anymore. I think I'm like, I think I'm now like bottom third. Bottom third. As opposed to bottom of the barrel. Um, yes. My guest today, um, I can't call you the moment because your moment has lasted quite long. Um, moments are fl- moments in the woods are fleeting. And oh my not, god, you haven't fleeted. They, that, that means a lot to me. Thank you so you're much. You're very welcome. You're not you're not Fleet Week. You're I'm not Fleet Week. <laughs> you're Memorial Day. You're, oh, we're always thinking Memorial of you. Day. Happy Memorial Day. We're always <laughs> thinking of you. Uh, he, you might know him as uh, the person on social media who reads all theater kids for filth and we're talking about a good show for that please welcome tyler joseph ellis hi hi hello 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 i'm so excited to be here i truly am a fan first so i'm so excited that i get to That's, be on the pod i'm so happy to have you on the pod um you are a very funny individual. thanks unfortunately social media does not indicate the intelligence of most people so i'm mm. very happy that i got to find you on our beloved friend Kyle Marshall's podcast. We love Kyle Marshall in this house. Where, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen today. <laughs> we're probably not going to be intelligent today. Probably but not. It, but if you want any um, reassurance that Tyler is, in fact, an exceptionally intelligent and oh, insightful human being, thank you. you can go on Putting It Together by Kyle Marshall. And by he ha- Kyle Marshall. And he uh, has a most recent episode on, it's Finishing the Hat, right? It's that's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. I, yeah, no, sorry, beautiful. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's, yeah. Even, that's even better because that's yes. a deeper cut. It's a much deeper cut. And not only that, but Tyler does um, reference my episode on that episode. I do. Me- I mentioned the episode. She's an ally, everybody. No, I'm an ally first and foremost. Happy Pride. <laughs> Happy- I'm straight myself. As you can tell from my voice, <laughs> yeah, and our very short shorts, we both could not be more straight. We both 
arrive and I'm like, oh, thank God, because I was so nervous to wear shorts. And mm. now I'm like, the legs are out. They are out. And, and the girls, the, yes. The gams are out. <laughs> Tyler, what episode, of episode, what musical are we talking about today? I'm so thrilled to be talking about title of show today. Yes. Now, this is the second show that wasn't on my original roster of shows to cover. Yeah. But as I got further along with this series... There were some shows that I had trouble getting people to cover. Like, no one will touch for Colored Girls, and it makes me sad. Oh, I love that show. As do I. And I loved that revival. It was a really lovely revival. I don't know if I loved the um, the computer screens, but otherwise... Oh, I, I forgot about that. No, yeah. the performances were just oh. so brilliant. Oh, they were all gorgine. Yeah. Um, but I've been having trouble getting people to sign off on that. Um, uh, no one, for some reason, will touch In the Heights. I'm like, but she's delightful. But so I was like, you know what? I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Let me lean in and like let me yeah, start yeah. asking people any off Broadway shows they would want to cover. Yeah, yeah. And so we just did Spelling Bee with Todd Bonapane, um, oh. who's a dream. And then I reached out to you. Yeah. And I gave you a list of like options. Then you're like, well, I mean, how about this one? And I was yeah. like, oh, I mean, how about this one? Yeah. I'm like, you're like, okay, off Broadway to Broadway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't think of a better chronicle of that than a show that writes itself and yeah. covers that. You know, Absolutely. Going Broadway, Broadway. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, if ever there was a Broadway musical that is the vibe of this podcast. That's exactly, that feels right, right? Yeah. 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 And I forgot how formative that show was for mm-hmm. me uh, when it came out. And we'll get into all of her. Mm-hmm. But first of all, for those who are unaware, mm-hmm. uncultured fox, as we like to call Oh my God. <laughs> yes. What is title of show about? Title of show is about two best friends and, and, creative partners Mm -hmm. hunter and jeff Mm -hmm. who are real people hunter bell and jeff bowen who are sort of you know unhappy with their current you know stasis and they get word of a new musical theater festival one of them pitches to the other maybe we should write something it's like oh but the deadline is due in three weeks so that gives us what three weeks and then they write so they decide you know this is more of a creative um challenge more of like a you know with no expectations so they decide to write a show get selected for the festival and you see all you see the show that they're writing as they're writing it so it's it's, so what they always say it's about two guys writing musical about two guys writing musical about two guys writing musical and they elicit the help from their two friends uh jeff i was gonna say jeff um susan and heidi based on obviously real people because they are real people Mm -hmm. (laughs) susan blackwell and heidi blickenstaff and um, their trials and tribulations as they try to get the show to Broadway. Yeah, it's the, the, and the show has had many incarnations because there's the literal version that went to the festival because the whole thing came about of literally they didn't know what to write and like well yeah. if you wrote about us trying to write yeah. a musical for the festival and it gets into the festival and then from the, uh, from there they got some fancy producers attached yes. and, and went to the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center. Then they opened at the Vineyard Off-Broadway and did two stints there. And so they expanded the show to yes. include that journey and then eventually it goes to Broadway and they included that journey. Yes. Um, and yeah, so it's... it's th- th- if you watch the title of the show, show, which we'll absolutely oh get into, oh the way that they describe it is sort of... It's, it's a musical that chronicles its own uh, inception or like a snake eating its own tail. Oh, it's, it's, what, what does Susan say? She's like... Uh, or the musical that eats its own tail, like the way, yep, yeah, she's exactly. Genius. Oh, Sucking genius. your own dingus. Happy yeah, New Year, Grandma. Have, oh my Jesus Christ! I watched a lot of title of show show in preparation for this. I I, I I rewatch it maybe every six months, like all the episodes. They're quite fun. It's I, and genius. Like it was before anything. No, no one was doing internet content 
alongside, like on their own, producing it themselves alongside their own, you know, show and trying to get it that because it was in the in between period of um, the Vineyard and Broadway. They were they, yeah. they had no real sort of hope. Like they had so much hope, but not really a lot of prospects in terms of making a transfer. So they're like, well, we have kind of niche fans of this show, so let's keep making content sort of about the show mm-hmm. and see what happens. And I guess we're not going to spoil what ends up happening. I, well, it goes to Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we've already said that. And we're talking about it on this podcast. Up- and we're talking about podcast. it on this podcast. But yeah, it's, it, it changed the game in that way. And, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, and it's, it's a very inspiring tale for any creatives Huge. about not um, accepting sort of the rules of how shows get produced yeah. and sort of fighting for your moment and making your own opportunities. And then just like, always championing yourself and finding new ways to get people talking about you. It's we, we will um, go into that a bit more. I think yeah. that there's any two people who can tell you like <laughs> there are multiple avenues to get your name out there for yeah. people is that's us. so true. That's um, so true. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I could have told you four years ago that like there are certain people in the community who I like now speak to regularly. Yeah purely because of social media, just like exactly. of writing reviews or doing the podcast and same thing with you with yeah, all of your content. Huge. Yeah. It's like, who would have thunk? Who, who would have thunk? thunk? Yeah. It, no, precisely. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. In fact, actually I wasn't going to tell you this, but now I'm going to do because it. We're best friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously um, we were at the same performance of parade back in, I want to say late March. Um, uh, on Broadway. Yeah. On Broadway. Okay. Got it. Yeah. No, I didn't see it at city center. I was busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I saw you get recognized by like one or two people, yeah. and I and I thought that was so cool. Oh, thank you for saying that. Well, it's it is true. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I didn't know you yet, but you seem yeah. like a decent person. I I, I <laughs> don't think so now. Yeah, I mean, but, obviously that that illusion has been broken. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I don't even want to let you all know what he said before. This oh began. my god! Can you imagine? I'm just. I mean, cancel him. <laughs> Ah, uh, I mean, yes, yeah. but, but, um, you know, I saw you get recognized by a few people. Yeah. I was like, that's so cool. Like the outreach of social media and, and always like trying new things yeah. and then just getting yourself out there and, and, um, not sort of accepting the normal path of like, well, if I want to become famous, I must audition for a show and mm-hmm. then get into the show mm-hmm. and be the leader of the show. It's like, I can make my own opportunities to create my own content. Oh, I and appreciate you saying that so much. Do you I not, do you not you. believe that? No, I believe it. I just, I pinch myself every day. Like I, because it's the same, you put it so perfectly that people in the industry that you maybe looked up to or were fans of are now mm-hmm. like peers. Yeah, and, it, and that shift happened. It fe- I guess it was over the course of three years, but it feels so fast. Mm-hmm. So you saying that, I'm like, yeah, it is crazy. Every single time anyone comes up to me, I'm like, what? Like, yeah. and I say this almost every single time anyone comes. Like, I love your videos. And what I say back to them is like, I make them alone in my apartment just to be like, this is so strange that something that I I set up my green screen and it's silent in my apartment mm-hmm. and then I do my little bits and then edit them on iMovie and then put them on the internet. And the fact that it reaches strangers is still very strange to me. I don't know. I just can't believe it. So anyway, yeah. and but I think I, I will get into why the show means a lot to me in particular. But I think I, everything I do has a little bit of title of show in it. I'm so glad we're talking about it because yeah. I think part of the reason why I d- wasn't it wasn't super foreign to me to think that I could you know make some sketches and funny yeah. videos and put them on the internet it, because title of show the title of show show taught me like how to do that. So yeah. I. I'm forever indebted to this show. It all comes back. It all comes back. It all. We comes found back. a way back to then. Yeah. So, oh my god. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, what was your introduction to this show? Tell me about your journey. I um, was a junior in high school, and my high school theater teacher Kim Taylor sort of really saw me 
go from a person interested in theater to like a theater kid to like a theater obsessed kid. Mm-hmm. She was sort of watched my, I started doing summer programs, et cetera, et cetera, and started getting really, really into it. And she saw that I was st- starting to really get into theater history um, and, and just being obsessed about random niche shows. And then she's like, wait, you would love this musical title of show. I was like, okay. And then, so it was the end of my junior year of high school started listening to title show, started getting obsessed with title show and then made the decision. I was like, next year, my swan song, my senior year of high school will be to do it. I'm Mm going to produce it and direct it. I didn't have any intention of being in it, but then auditions happen. And I'm like, I'm going to be Jeff (laughs) because, and, um, and then I, (laughs) you wanted wanted to take your top off. I wanted to, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not taking my shirt off. Both of you take your fucking shirt (laughs) off so we can sell some tickets to the the show. show. Um, but I ended up, so then we, um, we, did it legally because mm. I think title show is unfortunately a very easy show to do illegally because it's mm. only a keyboard. So you can get the score and sort of put it on, yeah. but don't do that. Please no. give the writers of the show their due. Yeah. Um, so we did it legally, got the rights, everything. And uh, we took it to a theater competition in the Bay area called Ohlone theater festival, which is no more, but um, it was a high school theater competition. And we brought a 10 minute version of title of show before we ended up doing the production ended up winning the festival because <clears throat> a lot of kids, I mean, they don't know the show mm-hmm. and we like cut together a 10 minute version that was so pandered to the audience, like the high school theater kids, you know? Sure. And um, we kept posting about it, whatever. Little did we know the writers of the show were following along on our journey for the show. Like we didn't like, they weren't interacting or anything, but Hunter and Jeff and like, they were all watching us, you know, because they, of course they love the show just as, you know? Yeah. So, um, we did our show. It was a one night only show in May. It was the last thing I did in high school and I staged it so that we started on stage. So we were like jamming out to show tunes as people walked in. Little did I know Hunter Bell walks into the theater and he happened to be in California mm-hmm. and he, and he walks into the theater with a couple of his friends and my theater teacher's like, Oh my God. And like <laughs> and sees him. There's no way to tell me. And there's no intermission. There's no way to tell me that he's there. So we do the whole show and we go backstage and he's waiting for us. And it was like one of the best moments in my entire life. That's and, amazing. um, yeah. So since then I've remained in contact with, um, Jeff and Hunter. I've now worked sort of with Susan. I helped her because uh, I, I ended up working for a New York musical festival because the, I, I followed the title. I was like, I want to work there. So mm-hmm. I was their marketing intern. And then she was the, like one of the honorary people that year. So got to know her. And now I've gotten to know Heidi because of the Jagged Little Pill tour and I have a few friends on it. So it's just, it's all, and I went to the 10 year anniversary in 2018 I title show like is so important to me mm-hmm. and really set me on a journey you know because they believed I mean Hunter's praise for the show really made me believe that I could do this yeah. and went to college for it and everything and yeah. now we have a full-blown monster in front of us and now I'm a monster a monster, a monster. Yeah. Um, so that's my long-winded story but I mean this show means so much to me yeah, um, yeah. I funnily enough I also got into the show junior year of high school oh my gosh yeah well I think because my, yeah, th- so they were at the Vineyard uh, in February of 06, and then they had a second stint that July. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they ended, I think, in October of 06, which was the beginning of my junior year. Mm-hmm. And I fully did not catch it at the Vineyard, even though I was a city kid. For some reason, it just, it just wasn't on my radar. I don't sure. know why. Yeah. Um, and it was and wasn't until the cast album came out and i had certain friends who were super into it and introduced me to it ali gordon godmother of the pod mm. she introduced me to it and i just became fully obsessed yeah. and we would listen to it and and i would try to like decipher it as much as i could and then our senior year 
of high school was when the title of the show show started. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, wow. And so I I got to put, you know, faces to the voices and get more insight into what the show was about. Yeah. And I was so into the title of the show show. And then when um, they finally did announce they were coming to Broadway, it was the summer before I left for college. And Allie, myself, and then our friends Lily and uh, Jeremy created our own like little web series <gasps> in honor of it. Oh my gosh. I'm not telling anyone the title. Please don't look it up. I'm not super proud of it because I'm we were look it up. we were 18 and you know with a flip phone camera. Oh my Every god. Every now and then there's like a, a good one-liner here and there but like <laughs> but I will say like Ali and I wrote the scripts and you know we're we're we were also kind of like figuring out where to toe the line of like doing jokes just for us and jokes yeah. that someone else would like. There's like a lot of Doctor Who jokes that I wasn't getting at the time. Oh, got it. Shit like that. Yeah. Um <laughs> But, but, but there's, 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 you like, if you ever see it, you'll be like, oh, there's a nugget in there. But it's, it's very much 18 year olds putting a thing together. But I love that. Yeah. And it, but it led us to go see the show mm-hmm. when it was in previews at the Lyceum. And like, we went backstage and we met Susan and we met oh. Hunter. And I think we even have a photo with Hunter. And that was really lovely. And then when the show closed, I, I went back for the final performance. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Lily and Jeremy. Allie was at Michigan at that point, so she couldn't fly back. But that, yeah, that show always just had a place in our hearts as these like, nerdy theater kids yeah. who were so in love with with the community, with the history, and to watch the Broadway community kind of rally behind the show Ugh, felt so yeah. cool. And, like, Hunter, Jeff, Susan, and Heidi felt like a quartet you just wanted to, like, be friends with. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yes. I do... So, okay. There's a lot I do want to discuss, but I did write in my notes when watching it at the library again, because they filmed it at the Vineyard. Yeah. Um, which... We'll talk about all that as well. So much we'll talk about. But I do want to talk about sort of the friendship dynamics in the show because if yes. if there's something I do love about this show, and it's important because um, I don't know if it's going to be the episode after this or two episodes after this, we are going to cover Significant Other. <gasps> oh, my God. I love that play. I, I mean, yeah. it's devastation. Devastation. City. But if there's one thing that they're connected on, it's the relationship between straight women and gay men. Yeah. Oh, but but yeah. title of show, I was watching, I was like, oh, this is such a healthy friendship. It's beautiful. It's pure love. Yeah. And and no condescension anyway. No. Because also, I mean, I don't know if you know this, you're, you're famously younger than I am. We were talking <laughs> about this before we started recording. Like, some of the content that came out when you were... Um, in high school yeah. was a little more open and honest and healthy than yes. some of the stuff I got. Yes. And so I've often had like female friendships where, you know, even like the best ones, there's always like a little something just because yeah. eventually your lives go from parallel to perpendicular. Yeah. And as gay men, we often have to, you know, fight to include ourselves in our friends' narratives because Ugh. we don't fit the norm, unfortunately, just like by yeah. existing. Oh my but then God. There are also, yes. But then there are also female friendships where like, even though you think it's a good friendship, you slowly come to realize that like you're the handbag to them. Like you're, oh, you're yeah. an accessory. Uh-huh. Uh, I could go on for years about some people like this, where it's just like, they think they're allies and that they're like your friends, but they're slightly condescending to you. Yeah. The whole, yeah. Yeah. And that you're, you're always cute. You're always precious. You're yeah. always, you know, it's, I, 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 I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I want to, one thing that one person said to me, and I wouldn't put, call this person a friend by any means, but they, I was, it was very clear to me that they said it thinking that they were being like just wonderful. Mm. And I wanted to slap them through the phone when they said like, oh, we could have introduced you to some of our lovely gay friends. I was like, lovely gay friends. Our lovely gay friends. I was like, go find no. the fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck you. We are just, not your pet rabbits, bitch. 
I just don't know. It's like if you if you replace that with any other like marginalized community, it sounds wrong. But yeah. for some reason, gay feels totally right. I, I don't know. I, it's like we're there for straight women's consumption. Be, well, because for most of the '90s, we were like that yeah. was how we were. The way we a, got was, int- yeah. the way we were introduced safely into pop culture was sort of as like a Jack or Will or Stanford Blanche. Yeah, of course. Which and I and I don't begrudge those moments because they were important. Moments. Oh, super important. But yeah. in the same way that like we I talk about all the time in musical theater when like. You know, uh, people like go back and they will say things that are wrong with the King and I. I'm like, you know, like there are things that don't age well. But like Oscar Hammerstein wrote the King and I, hoping other writers would be like, great, we'll write like more shows for that ethnicity and like further along that narrative. But like no one else picked up the torch. He was like, fuck, I guess it's just gonna be my show show. for the next thirty years. Stuck in time. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But so that's sort of what Stanford Planche is like. Stanford Planche is like for you. Because I love rewatching. I love rewatching Will and Grace. I Mm -hmm. love rewatching Sex and the City. And I'm able to, as you know, a conscious consumer of it, understand Mm -hmm. that times have changed and understand that, sure, now this seems really, really like, oh my God, how dated is this? But I don't like when people come for both of those shows, like with a 2023 lens. And I'm like, there's, that's a losing game. You know, I'm like, but so I'm like, now I look back on it, understanding, I'm like, you, it's your job as a consumer of it to understand context. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I, like, I... Seeing, I met Sean Hayes because I had to interview him for the Meet the Nominees, and I, I don't really get starstruck that easily. But mm-hmm. with him, I was because he was in my living room mm-hmm. all the time. My mom, my parents fall asleep to sitcoms, and Will and Grace being one of them. And I really credit him for bringing gayness into my household first, yeah. like in in making it, you know, all my family love Sean Hayes. So it, it was just I, I was looking at him being like, oh my god, you have no idea how important you were to my coming out like and that's what he was to me the irony is he's probably like i absolutely know how important yeah he's like i he's like of course like but of course he's like like, i'm sorry do you think you're the only one who said this to me i'm sure i can write you the script right here right now i'm motherfucking sean hayes i'm motherfucking sean hayes tony winner tony winner sean Sean hayes Hayes. emmy winner sean hayes but yeah exactly but so i say this only because the title of the show um the heidi susan characters and their friendships with jeff and hunter Mm -hmm. and i've i did a little bit of research to like kind of figure out some of the genesis of the show and how they all got yeah. to know each other. Yeah, yeah. It all kind of comes back to Hunter because Hunt, yeah. uh, um, Hunter met Jeff, I think, doing a show at Goodspeed. I, uh, Hunter met Susan. Oh, no, sorry. No, it all comes back to Jeff, I mean. Yeah. Because uh, Jeff met Susan doing, doing something. The, the Who's. Oh, sorry. He met Heidi doing the Who's Tommy. Yes, in Brazil. In Brazil. Yes. Which is in the show. Yes, it is in the show. <laughs> um, and then Susan met Jeff first, and then that's how she got involved with Jeff and Hunter, and mm-hmm. that's how they all kind of came to be. But you watch how they interact with each other and like, it is just pure love friendship. Yeah. Like pe- four people who speak the same language, who enjoy each other's company and there's no and, same sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you'll talk about like, you know, Susan's getting married and, and yeah. Jeff and Hunter are going to be her maids of honor. Yeah. And she says it like in her funny Susan like way, my beautiful maids of honor. Yes, yeah. exactly. But she, but you know that there's genuine love and care there. Of course. And, and when shit hits the fan, like they all throw the shit, equally it's it's yeah it's not one of them being it, all of them have their issues yeah it's it's and it's that's why i think it's so and it earned the nomination for best book of mm-hmm. the musical i think hunter and i'm sure a lot of them also like I, i'm hunter is responsible for like probably putting pen to paper but i'm sure like all of them you know it's, yeah. it's their voices but i think it's just so brilliant and and nuanced and in and rides this line of being very earnest, yeah. but also being hilarious. Like one of the funniest books ever. And, and I, I've sort of based a lot of my sense of humor off yeah. of that. And very self-aware. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, people can say like, oh, well, how much of a book can there be if they just 
chronicled what happened. And the truth is that if you actually watch, I mean, not everyone is as fortunate as we are to be in the city to go to Lincoln Center Library to watch it. But if you like read the script for the Broadway version and you watch the Vineyard version, and I'm sure it was something similar for um, the festival. Yeah. But the whole structure of like, we're struggling, we, we get the success and then like we, we um, cave to the pressure of success that change yep. it, don't change it. Like mm-hmm. that was there at the vineyard, but it was about the off Broadway run. Yeah. And then they moved, they changed that to Broadway when yeah. Broadway became a reality. So clearly like there are things in that script that did not actually happen. Of and, course. And they say that they're, like when people ask like how much of it is true, they're like enough of it is true yeah. that it's about us. But they're like, yeah, no, we, we dramatize some things because you oh, need because to. Because you have to, it's a musical. Yeah. Yes. Like if the whole process was smooth and everyone loved each other the entire time, it's like, great. What a, tight two paragraphs on kittens as <laughs> two Susan, paragraphs on kittens yeah yes. Susan says yeah so there's stuff in there that's definitely didn't happen that's their own invention and yeah they talk about you know how it's all collaborative but yeah like Jeff is the one who had to as you said put pen to paper and like yeah. figure out the structure and what needed to stay and what uh what could go and it's just yeah no it's very smart we'll talk about like I guess some like nitpicky things they have about it but overall the product is so effective like yeah. when I talk about these things it's more sort of like I don't know. It's just, it's critical analysis rather than me being like, here's where the show fails. Yeah, and more yeah, like, yeah. here's a show I love. And like, if I had to like talk sure. about things, here are some bumpy stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, 98% of shows have bumpy stuff. It would be weird if not. There's like four musicals that I think are perfect. Yeah. yeah. What are the ones? Oh my God. Well, I think um, Cabaret is a perfect musical. Interesting. Well, which version? I, the, the, 98 version. Yeah, yeah. the version that everyone does now. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I just think Joe Mastroff's book, mixed with the Kendra and Epsilon, like, is pretty airtight. Like, not one thing in that show could be removed. Yeah. I just think it's perfect. I, think, I also appreciate yeah. in that version, they're like, you know, Cliff is gay. He fucks men. No, yeah, they're like, he gay, you know, gay. which which yeah. is so necessary. And it may, and I played Cliff in high school, and it was, like, such, like, a necessary <laughs> thing for me to play. I was like, oh, my God, I love this. And it, it was just, it's fast because you, I have friends that are gay, and then all of a sudden they have this, like, they meet someone, they're having an awakening with, they're like, I picked too soon, you know, like, yeah. I definitely fall more in the spectrum, of, and I think that's an amazing role. And I think Cliff is a really unsung hero in musical theater. He's, like, the impetus for the show. He's the reason it happens. But everyone's like, Cliff's such a forgettable role. I'm like, because he's the straight man. Yeah, he's the glue. He's the But, I, but I'm like, he's such a vital part of the show, and I feel like I love, I always look for the Cliff. I'm like, who's playing Cliff? Yeah. You know, that kind of it, if, it's, if your Cliff is bad, the show won't be as sensational as you want it to be. You yes, need a, you're yeah. so right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So... I think Gypsy's a perfect musical. Yeah. I think West Side Story is a pretty perfect musical. Mm-hmm. And I think Fiddler on the Roof is a pretty perfect musical. Those are, that's a good top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think then there's others that get so close. There's that I'm like, oh my God. But just with those four shows, I'm like, you really, I don't think you can make any sort of cut to make it better. Yeah. No, there's nothing in Gypsy I'd cut. Although when we did the Gypsy episode, Preston yeah. Max Allen noted that there's really nothing in the script that ever gives an indication that Louise has something in her to become Gypsy Rosalie. Like sure. That's she, like the actor's job. Yeah. She, well, she's like, there's no line in there that, like where like Louise makes a crack or something where you go, Oh yeah. Look who came in with an opinion. Yeah. I'm like, um, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> look at that. Yeah. No, she look, really, she really doesn't look who came to play. Yeah. And I think like all you need is one moment, like one line in I act think, two. Yeah. That's, that's right. When she like makes a, a witty retort and you're like, hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, they try to make the whole, like I'm a pretty girl mama that moment, but because of how her strip, it becomes more about like her intellect as well as her beauty. Yeah. It would be, it would be nice to have something like that, but I don't think that makes Gypsy not perfect. It's yeah. just like Preston said that I was like, yeah, I think Arthur could have written one. Line. Yeah. Maybe something. Yeah. I think they really wanted it to be a surprise. They're yeah. really like, wow, really didn't see this. Yeah. Coming. They really wanted that arc to be in the strip. And yeah, yeah. it, when you have a good Louise, that strip. I mean, works like Laura Bonanti, like, yeah, I will never 
stop thinking about it. Yeah, I remember when Benanti did it, and I mean, honestly, it was around the time the title show was popping yeah, up because two thousand eight. Right? Yep, 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 yep. Because she did it at City Center um, that summer, yeah. and I remember when she got cast, everyone was like, "The fuck!" Like, it, yeah. no one thought that that was good casting. And then she did it, pissed all over the stage, no, and literally, we were, and we're like, "I don't want another Louise in my life." It. She. I. Oh my god! Like, I. Okay, I get emotional thinking about it. She is just a revelation in that part. She is. I remember uh, the way. So. <laughs> Laura is one of those people where, like, she is a stunning human being. Yeah, gorgeous. But like, she talks about this openly. She, she, she. It took a minute for her to sprout into the Laura Benanti we all know. Sure. Her, her, like all of us, she had a childhood and teenagers that were like rough and tumble. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, it's what allows her to be so funny and intelligent. Because yes. when you can't rely on your looks, you have to start relying on other things and and curating your brain. But so because of that, she is. Very much a comedic genius. I've I've always wanted to. There, she's had a few performances where I like want to go on stage and be like, okay, we need to lose this laugh, but we're gonna keep and make that laugh better. Oh wow! It's, it's well, look but, at you. Well, that, <laughs> but it's it's one of those like blessings. No, where it's, yeah, like, absolutely. If you when you can find, she can find a laugh anywhere. anywhere. It, it's it's um, it's a it's masterful. It yeah. really is, and it's it's not a her note. It's me being like, hey Bart, um, <laughs> can I come can I come into the room for a second? Uh, Hey Bart, hey, sorry. Do you mind? Do you mind if I come in here for a minute? Um, and he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't mind. But um, in Gypsy, I remember. So the way she does that first strip, and we're not even talking about title show right now. I but, know. Oh my god. These but this poor is. But this listeners. is. First of all, we go on tangents on this podcast, Tyler. <laughs> but also, title of the show. This is what it is. This is what it is. Um, most Louise's when they do that first strip, um, yeah. and they do the "My name is Gypsy Rose Lee. Yeah. What's yours, sir?" And it's usually like meant to sort of lean into her sexuality. It's like Krista sure. Moore, Tammy Blanchard, they do like a "sir." And Laura, I remember, made it kind of awkward because she was still finding her way into of the course. sexuality. Oh my god! So she's like, "My name is Gypsy Rose Lee. What's yours?" Sir. Yeah, and it's so good. <laughs> it's oh my so god. Good. She's great. And uh, her hat bit. What am I going to do when big hats when go out? Hats go out. When they go out. Oh my She's god. great. She's great. But this is to say, um, with title of the show. Title of the show. <laughs> well, she was on the title of the show show. You're completely right about she that. She was. A lot of people were. Um, I don't even know how we got here. But I was talking saying that title is like, oh, what shows? Show a lot of oh, shows. Show, oh, show, but so few, are, like, there's are, so few are perfect, yeah. in my opinion. Yes. Gra- greatness and perfection are not the same thing. There exactly. Are a lot of, exactly. There exactly. are a lot of great musicals that are not perfect. Yes. Um, as we all know, Carousel is my favorite musical. There is one song that I would cut, uh, which Can is. You blow high, blow. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's yeah. not What's Use of Wondering. Is that really the one you would cut? No, fuck no. Wait, what, what, what you, one would you cut? I would cut um, Highest Judge of All, which they did cut in 94. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and they didn't cut it in the 2018 revival. And I'm like, oh, you're going to cut half the book scenes, but you're yeah, not going to cut, cut so this. Many book scenes. You're not going to cut this scene change number. Like, yeah, seriously. Highest judge of all, I would maybe agree. Oh, actually, back to the title of the show. <laughs> yes, yes. So they. <laughs> oh so in, in the song, an original musical. Yes, of course. When Hunter is the blank paper yeah. trying to inspire Jeff. Um, in the cast recording, uh, they're talking about like, if you're going to make it to Broadway, like you got to have a star, be yeah. a recognizable commodity. And Jeff goes, I think, you know, having good products is yeah. way to go. And don't, we don't want to lower the bar with talentless actors. And yeah. goes, me, 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 me. <laughs> he goes, shit, people want to see Paris Hilton in the apple tree. <laughs> Who wants to see Paris, Paris Hilton in the apple tree? I don't know a lot of people. <laughs> but so on Broadway, I think they changed it to Paris Hilton in Mame, I think. but Paris Hilton is Mame is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but at the vineyard. <laughs> oh, no. And I wasn't ready for this because it's a good joke. 
at the at the library recording at the vineyard. He goes, uh, uh, he goes, shit, people want to see Paris Hilton and Sunset Boulevard. And Jeff goes, who wants to see Sunset Boulevard? (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Who wants to see Sunset Boulevard? Who wants to see Sunset Boulevard? (laughs) The shade. Oh, my God. Oh, I love them so much. I do, too. And I've had this hot take about Sunset Boulevard. I, I know you know them, too. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of really opinionated, snobby gays. I know a lot of people that love Sunset Boulevard. Exactly. Yeah. I, like, I'm talking people who, you know, they, would, go, they go see the most recent Fiddler, and they're like, oh, well, Seidel's vocal placement wasn't what it should be. And I'm like, <laughs> go, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, go get fucked by a cactus. Oh, my God. But they, but they objectively think Sunset Boulevard is a brilliant musical. Mm-hmm. I'm like, her? Oh, my God. She, Anne? Her? Anne? Oh, I didn't mean who. I meant her. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Sunset. What, is she funny or something? Just, I have a, I'm trying to think. That score in terms of where it lies in the Andrew Lloyd Webber canon Hello? is probably relatively high up for me. I mean, there's some gorgeous music in there. And as if we never said goodbye, for some reason defies logic. Um, it's more that... That song is good. It is good. And, well, it also, like... <laughs> It's with one, one look. When like, you have a diva doing it and she comes downstage and she goes, It's more oh, that. Call, that yeah. That's what the show does so beautifully. It's like, if you put the right person in this part, all of a sudden the show sings. And if you don't make her a gargoyle like <laughs> they usually do. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you don't make her a gargoyle that is so rich. Well, Stephanie just did it. Yes. and Far they did, from gargoyle. It, because Stephanie J. Block is like, I'm sorry. I'm a sultry 50 something. Mm-hmm. I still fuck. I don't need to be a gargoyle. It's like, yes, you know, you're correct. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, Trevor Nunn was like, so Norma's 51. So she's got no hair and she oh wears wigs. <laughs> and she's got makeup like a kabuki actress. Oh, my God. Oh, and my God. And Andrew Lloyd Webber, he who loves women, is like, yeah. but of course. Yeah. And he goes, and Betty Schaefer, she's under 30 and she's thin and a virgin. Because mm. that's what happens with women we love. Exactly. They don't fuck yet. Oh, my God. Andrew Lloyd Webber found dead. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know my hot take about Phantom, right? About what Phantom of the Opera is really about. What it's about a hor- I know? It's about a horny incel who uh, makes it a point to gaslight and kidnap the only virgin left in Paris. Yeah. And no, no, no. That's like is what it's about. That's all what it's about. That's and on. It's on. Um, that's on license. It. It's on Concord Theatrical. That's like that's what the. Um, yeah, that's it's their it's tagline. The, it's the tagline. Yeah, it's what's on Main. Yeah, and he's like Carlotta. <laughs> I literally just re-saw Phantom, of course, right before it closed. It's Same such days. a wild experience like it is. W- witnessing that show again i no, listen i enjoy the show and i will say the original production is as good as it's gonna get <laughs> but yeah. and i've talked about this before like hell prince knew cut as many applause breaks as possible because the moment you applaud yeah. it's a moment to think about what you've just seen and if you think about That's what you've true, just there seen there really aren't a lot of moments to yeah. applaud and if you think about anything you've just seen in phantom you mm. go wait a second what's this about yeah what's going on here but the fact that it lasts as long as it did i mean I give Cal so much credit for that. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess America just really loves to see women with daddy issues fall into traps. But I guess the West End, too, right? Yeah. Well, the West End's just like, who's a woman? (laughs) Ever since Jane Austen died, we haven't thought about women as people. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? I don't know. Is that a direct quote? No, no, no. That is a quote that's going to go on. Oh. (laughs) It's also not true. I just said words. Who wants to see Sunset Boulevard? Like, what a great... Who wants to see Sunset Boulevard? That is so... That that statement is so, like, 
charge. It, it really is. <laughs> well, there there are moments Jane in this. Austen died. Ever since Jane Austen died, the British are like, "What's a woman?" Mm. But so no, I, I. But it's it's that kind of I would say it's that kind of silly pointedness that I think yeah. the title of the show does really well. It's oh, so true. Also, on that note, let's take a break. Billy, I'd like to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. And we're back. And we're so back. I I forget that I have to do ad breaks. Yeah, do you sometimes. have ad breaks? <laughs> she's on a network. She's she's no. She's, I love. I she's love. Syndicated. And I love the network you're on. Broadway podcast I network. Love BPM baby. Yeah. Have you been on BPM before? What do you mean? Like, have you been on a podcast for? BPM I don't before? know if I have before, but I just am a you know. Well, so you've done putting it together. You've now done this. Um, what are the? A lot of podcasts. You've done a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of podcasts. Oh, have I? Am I not special anymore? No, no. Oh, you're not. No, not oh. at all. Oh, was that? I'm so sorry. You're on it. <laughs> so yeah we were talking about sort of the silliness reverence that title show has for theater which i love because it's it comes from a place of two men who adore broadway so much yeah to the point that they're making henry sweet henry jokes and doll's life and what maybe yes please thank (gasps) you celsius no i'm okay i've never drinking the celsius i'm too scared i'm gonna love it too much is there is there cocaine in celsius or something yeah that's that's, that's a little bit of it it's the third ingredient after third ingredient tangerines. After tangerines. Yeah, are you drinking a tangerine one? No, it's pineapple for the listeners. A pineapple. Look a out, boys. Pineapple. I was gonna make a sex joke and you went back to Broadway. I went back right back, because I always find my way back. To then. So mm-hmm. what yes. okay. We could go on and on. Um there's no, there's no structure on this podcast, nor is, and there is a structure in title of the show, but also I think the lack of structure is also its structure. Oof, what is beautiful. a song in title of the show that if, you, if someone was like, I don't know if I'll like it, how do I get into this? What would be the first song you would play for them? Oh, my God. Well, oh, that, the answer can go so many ways. I would say, okay. I would probably say Nine People's Favorite Thing just because, like, it features all four of them. Mm-hmm. It's so much the conceit of the show and, like, something I live by. So that is sort of, you know, that's a really, I think, a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. I think A Way Back to Then does the same thing. Um, but, like, Die Vampire Die is, like, I don't know. the. It's a little bit, it feels like the comedic center of mm-hmm. the show and um, establishes tone so much. And again, that balance that really, I feel like only the, those four can do what they do. And in balancing so, like sharp comedy and wit with so much heart mm-hmm. and it never feels sarcastic. No, when they get to earnestness, they are very good about They just, can sit in it. Yeah, and absolutely. I, have you seen their, um, the... Um, BCEFH, my first, my first time, my first time, a genius, gorgeous. That is one of the best pieces of theater out, and no one knows what it is. I think it's the most (laughs) genius for the listeners at home. Please look it up on YouTube. It's the four of them opened 
um, Gypsy of the Year, which I know that like we don't say that anymore. I don't know what it's. I don't know what we anymore, call it anymore. But yeah. um, I apologize for. I should have. Nah, uh, but context. It uh, context. Be, context. It used um, to be called. But Gypsy it, of the it's Year. it's in the um, it's in it's in the title of the show. But mm-hmm. uh, it. So it, it, the four of them come out and they talk about their first time seeing a Broadway show. And so Susan's is Angels in America, which isn't actually true, but it was like her second. But whatever. Yeah. So for, and then and then um, Jeff's was Annie. Mm-hmm. And uh, then so they talk about how, you know, seeing a Broadway show for the first time and, and the way they balance like Annie and Angels in America and like weave them together is so genius. There's so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to give too much away, but this was something that I forgot about and I died watching it again. Yeah. Is um they have Susan and, and Hunter doing their uh, t- narrating their stories, and yeah. then Jeff and Heidi kind of give historical context and almost saying little bits sort of to weave throughout. Yeah, and when they start talking about the show, they're like, "Oh, all the rich characters," and Jeff will list all of the angels characters, yeah. and Heidi lists all the all the Annie <laughs> characters, and they go back and back. So she's like, "The evil Miss Hannigan, the evil Roy Cohn, yeah, so and so, Esther Rosenberg, um, the orphan Pepper," and then Jeff goes, "A leather daddy who wants to bear back Joe Mantello in Central Park, Molly." <laughs> It's so it's I you it's required it's required viewing for, for those of you listening there, to this. But I, have, I love that where we're, we, we as soon as we start getting into the show we like completely dodge it. We like yeah, we like, can't get into the actual. Well, show. Well, so I do want to say I'm glad you said "Die Vampire Die" because that yeah. would probably be the song that I would introduce yeah. people to because it is very funny yeah, and it's and, amazing and has a lot of the sort of um, pushing the boundaries humor and language that the show does and, yeah. and 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 explains why it kind of goes where it goes yeah because the whole point of a vampire is the doubts that live in your head mm-hmm. right or like the or the or the critics who live around you yeah and it does tie into nine people's favorite thing which i also want to talk about because i i love that song and i love its message and it's not the song's fault but it has become a bit of, of a double-edged sword to some creatives mm. um Oh, that like take the message too seriously, or kind of where it's like um, I won't listen to people who give me notes because I'd rather be saying. nine people's favorite thing. Oh, like, and it's <laughs> I like see, I see, I see. No, you definitely have to ride the line. Yeah, because yeah, open to criticism. Exactly, and the whole point of the title of the show is like it is a collaboration of the four of them, yeah. and, and it's not just like one person's vision. Yeah. So what, there, it's more about like if you create something that you're proud of, and you know you really work hard to make it palatable, but also what you want it to be, and it ends up not being a 10 year run, but Mm -hmm. like the nine people who know it, love it dearly. That's great. As opposed to someone who's like, I have vision and I don't care what anyone says. Like like that's stick to it. Yeah. 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 There's a difference between ego and passion. Oof. Yeah. And that's the, yes, that's the, you just have to, again, be like a conscious consumer of nine people's favorite thing. (laughs) Be like, don't, you can't take that. You have to take it with a grain of salt. Those nine people will tell nine people. Then we'll have 18 people loving the show. Then 18 people could grow into 525,600 people. All loving our show. Maybe someday, if we're lucky enough, we'll all be in a studio recording the show. And ten years from now, when we play the cast album, this track on the CD will remind us why we'd rather be But so with Die Vampire Die, yes. um, in the context of the show, so again, like the whole, the first half of the show, as it's in its final form, as it is now, yeah. is leads up to them submitting to the festival. Mm-hmm. That's like, I would say, yeah, the first half is the... Uh, having the idea and then the creating of it. Yes. And then the second half is it goes to the festival, it goes to Off-Broadway, and then l- them including the title of show show. Uh, but as they're getting towards the f- 
final point of writing it, there's a they do this dream sequence that kind of comes out of yes, nowhere. The flying, yeah, sequence. the flying sequence with the British accents, and yeah. they finish, and they're like, "Why is this here?" And Hunter's like, "I don't know." Yeah. he's like, "I had this idea at three in the morning." Yeah, he's like, I'm, "I don't know what to write." He's like, "I'm trying to create some whimsy." Yeah, like, we, he's like, "We have all these, you know, references to bagels and yachts yeah, from yeah, yeah. Monkey and Playbills." He's like, "It might be too niche," and Susan comes out. She goes, "Die vampire!" Yes, and she talks about how the vampires are all forms of critics or self doubt that you have or some people might inflict on you and that will uh, impede your ability to create. Yeah. And she lists them as they sort of sing about them. And it's funny for the first like 80% of the song. Yes, exactly. Um, we have the... Air freshener vampire. Yeah. The air freshener vampire, your grandma and her fat old fucking face. Fat old, fat she doesn't want you to, to... She doesn't want you to speak about bad language, blood, or, or blowjobs. Blow yeah. Yes. Um, but you'll have two tight paragraphs on, on kittens, kittens that, that your grandma will be so proud of. Yes. Uh, the first one is the... Pygmy vampire. Pygmy vampire. Swarm yeah. around your head like gnats and say things like, your teeth need whitening. You went to <laughs> state, state school. school. I love the way that Heidi says, you went to you state, state school. school. Especially considering she went to Duke like in real yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that the show gives all four of them opportunities to be weird and funny, but I digress. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, and we have all these, you know, uh, moments. And then we get to the serious moment, yeah, which yeah. is the um, vampire of despair. Yes, wake you up at one in the morning and you know say to yourself, "Who do you think you're kidding? Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah, you'll never you're be no- good. Enough. No matter how hard you try, you'll never be good enough." Yeah, and Susan says very rightfully, like if someone came up to me on the yeah. subway, I'd think they were you know mentally ill asshole. Yeah, she goes, but if it's my vampire, yeah. it's the voice of reason. Yeah, which goddamn. I, I mean, it's it's the crux of any creative ever and, yeah. and it's 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 so distilled in die vampire die mm-hmm. and some and that's what they're so good at is disguising something as comedy and then immediately just like getting you suddenly with yeah oh my god this is so profound mm-hmm. and then you sit in it for a second like two seconds mm-hmm. and then it's you have a story to tell pull your novel out of that sock drawer you have a painting to paint you must paint it and then pay some more they allow you to live in it for just long enough mm-hmm. that it doesn't become preachy, but it's just like, here's a way to look at it that, mm-hmm. um, because if you look at, if, at your self doubt and everything, like as a physical form, like as a vampire, you can start defeating it. Yeah. Like you can kill a vampire, but if, and when it's this amorphous thing that is all consuming, that's when it gets paralyzing. But I think that's what they're, the image of a vampire, ooh, just mm-hmm. hit the microphone is so, is why it's so effective because yeah. it's physical and you I, can see it. I, I named my depression Debbie. Uh, yes, Debbie. Any, anytime Debbie comes to play, I'm like, fuck off, Debbie. Yeah, like Debbie's here, and yeah, she, she might not leave. She has her <laughs> she has her piece. She really yeah, wants yeah. to say it. Yeah, yeah. Say it. But, it's, but that's, I mean, Debbie is, is a vampire as well. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the idea of a vampire that I love. It's like, just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a difference yeah. between, you know, your your thoughts and what the reality of the situation yeah. is. And and it happens to all of us, whether you're creative, whether you're just a regular non-creative yeah. person, not that, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're a creative person or not creative person, you have a vampire and that vampire will be the one that'll like live in your head at some points and just make you go, you're not good enough. Yeah. You'll never amount to anything. You don't have friends. Yeah. You're, you're whatever. Like no one will ever love you. Like shit yeah, like yeah. that, that we don't love to th- acknowledge that those thoughts exist yeah. we always wanted to be like you know it's peace and happiness and yeah yeah the community is so supportive and it is but they exist and it's why it's always important to also have friends and collaborators and things like that yeah to hold you accountable as well as hold you up which yeah. is why 
when Jeff comes in with the, you have a yeah. story to tell, it always, like, I got very moved at the library watching it again. Oh, it's, it's so amazing. Yeah, because it's just like, yeah, we, we do have stories to tell. Yeah, and, yeah. and just because the vampires exist doesn't mean you can't kill them, and they will yeah. show up again. Yeah. As the monsters always come out from under the bed, but mm-hmm. like you, you killed it once, you can kill it again. Yeah. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, and and the harmonies are nice and tight. Oh my god. Well, that's partly why I just love their music and why I love both the title of the show and then their following show, which is now here this, which mm-hmm. also had a run at the Vineyard. Um, it they know how to write for their voices so well, mm-hmm. and like Jeff's Jeff is all about a really good four part harmony, mm-hmm. and I just love it. I, it's so satisfying, and all of their voices, like the way they meld together, they now have this like blend yeah and it's really 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 satisfying yeah. to listen to well that is one of the reasons that heidi does the show at, at yeah. the beginning she talks about because when when we establish all the characters heidi is considered the only one who's like relatively successful as an actress yeah yeah she's in the little mermaid at the time yeah, yeah. um or she gets cast in it during the show yeah because that's what happened in life was they yeah. did the show at the vineyard and then uh, Mermaid happened in between Vineyard and Broadway. That's what it is, yes. Um, and in, and when it was at the Vineyard, what it was, uh, the, the, the off-Broadway version was they were developing it for off-Broadway after the festival, and it was taking too long. Yeah. And she got offered a lead at a good speed musical. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she might take that instead. And that so that thing goes away and becomes mermaid yeah um which in real life was never really a problem because title show wasn't going to broadway like in five seconds it was yeah, gonna take it a was minute gonna take a while and once it did disney let her out of her contract to do it and yeah. then when it closed she was able she to come went back. back yeah like it, that's one of those things where it's like the real story is actually so drama free that it couldn't ever be in yeah, the show exactly exactly but you know it's like oh let's just like sprinkle a little yeah. spice on here and you and you just know that when it happened hunter was like oh my god we have something we can like put yeah. that that like this is a source of Intention for us. Exactly. <laughs> we, we can make it that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, she's working, she's auditioning. Like when we meet her, she's just come from a callback yes. and she doesn't book it because she doesn't fit the costume for Mamma Mia. Yeah. And when Jeff is talking to her during the creative process before they submit it to the festival, he's like, you know, thank you so much for doing this. Like, yeah. you know, you've, you've done so much Broadway and I think in the script she says like, I've done two shows. He goes, that's two more than any yeah, of us. Yeah, that's two more than any of us. Yeah. And what she says is like, I love this you know, I'm always having to fit someone else's mold, and this time I get to be yeah. the mold. Not the smelly mold. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mold mold. The mold mold. And she repeats it during the photo shoot. I'm the mold. I'm the mold. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's a line that's kind of uh, sticks with you if you are an actor or a writer, or like if you're an actor who's becoming a writer mm-hmm. because you want to create stuff for yourself because you feel like you're not being properly represented by anyone else's writing. Exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, it, is that why I got into writing? No, it's yeah. not. I, I got into writing because I did an off-Broadway play at the St. Clement's Theater called Daddy Issues. And I said to myself, nice. there's got to be better stuff than this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Daddy Issues found dead. Found dead. Found Angela dead. Weber and Daddy Issues found dead in the oh, river. Oh, my God, yeah. Wow. And all, and all, Brit- in this episode. And all British people. <laughs> oh, my God, help. Uh, no. No. But, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. It's, it's partly why I started doing the content creation of mm-hmm. it all. You know, I was like the pandemic i knew there wasn't going to be anything for me so i was like may as well start writing for me yeah. and um haven't really stopped yeah and we've all just been waiting for the day that you do yeah waiting for the day that you do we're so fucking sick of you oh my god Tyler, <laughs> when will you Tyler, go away you go away for a fucking second yeah. yeah i've actually you are someone who pops up a lot in my feed and mm-hmm. what i love about it is that it's always new shit it's never like thank you 
Thank, Thank you. I didn't say it was all good. No, yeah, no, no, but I'll <laughs> no. take new. I'll take no. it. It's all new. No, you know, it's um random videos or um photo shoots or you on the red carpet. I'm like, I'm like, I love the variety. We want to keep variety. Yeah, it's like a little charcut. Yeah, powder. yeah. I I feel like Instagram should be one of two things. It should either be a scrapbook, mm. an honest scrapbook, yeah. or it should be a platform for content creation. And if it's yeah, yeah. and if it's the latter, then you have to keep things spicy. Keep things spicy. But it's t- tough. I mean, after over three years of doing this, like yeah. I, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to come up with another idea? You know? But it's that's sort of a, one of my vampires. Mm-hmm. Is like you, the well's dry, bitch. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. And then just trusting that um, it's not. You no, know, it's not. And and I think the other vampire, and I've talked about this as well. Audra mentions this in Nothing Like a Dame, like mm-hmm. waking up every day and going, is today the day yeah. that everyone decides I'm a fraud and it's over yeah. and it's done? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no. If, and the truth is that if people found you and liked you, there there's something about you and what you create in your voice that people are going to keep coming back towards. Thank you. And <laughs> I have to thank you for this. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, but, but not just you, but like yeah, yeah, all the editorial of editorial you. Yeah. The, the, the you, the title of shows is. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I say, this, I say this to all the listeners who are, who want to make something and they think maybe they're not good enough or they're not famous enough. Yeah. They're not whatever enough. And it's like, just start by creating something. Maybe your first thing will be bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes. everyone has that mulligan, right? Yeah. And oh my gosh. It's one thing I love about um the Blank Check uh, podcast where they cover movie directors. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like, these directors, their first, you know, movie or two fucking suck. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. Because you have to be. I mean, but now, I mean, it was so much easier to be bad back then. Sure. But now, just, like, everything you make is in perpetuity, and that yeah. is scary and stressful. I understand that. But every single one of your the people you admire started from somewhere, and... It's so easy to forget that, but yeah. I mean, I don't, I just, but that's, in my room but that's the, yeah, but that's the beauty of TikTok and Instagram and yeah. all that stuff is you, that can be, if you, if you don't have the opportunities to try and fail on Broadway as many times as maybe the greats did back in the <laughs> sure. 40s and 50s, yeah. you do have Instagram and TikTok for that purpose, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And if there's something that title show taught us is, you know, yeah. take every opportunity you have and just fucking throw the spaghetti at the wall. And if yeah. one noodle sticks, come back for the next one and exactly. have three noodle sticks. That's exactly. That, yeah. And that is ultimately what title of show show was about was, yeah. and you see this in the Broadway incarnation of title of show, which is that, you know, they do the festival. Um, they do off Broadway, which I think there was like a two year period in between those. I think and it was pretty significant. Um, Cause the, the time, the festival was Oh four. I want to say I it, think was, it was the Oh four festival. No way. Huh? Right. Isn't that when it started? No, no, no. I'm going to take that back. Uh, 04 is oh, oh, 06 festival. Oh, 06. Yeah. No, right? sorry. So actually, no, it was a pretty quick turnaround. Because, and I, the only reason I know this is because th- they submitted to the festival, the festival, the King's the, the Festival. The King's Festival? Yes. And they do, um, I, th- I think it got accepted. Let me try it. Uh, tell us what's conceived. No, it was 04. It um, was 04. It was 04. Um, the summer of 2004. Because it was the first year of the festival. Yes. And... Um, what happened was, so I guess Charlie Chaperone was in LA that summer, maybe okay. because Heidi was not the first uh, person who did it, or at least yeah. not, she did it at, at New York Musical Theater Festival. But what happened was, is they did um, sort of like a like a lab of it, I guess, yeah. at uh, Manhattan Theater Source, uh, which was produced by Laura Camion, who, fun fact, yes. has a podcast now with Susan Blackwell. Called The Spark File. Mm. It's very, I love the podcast. It's really good. And Susan just has the most 
soothing voice. She's the easiest person to listen to, I think, ever. Same yeah. with Laura Camion, actually. They both have incredible voices, and it's all about your spark file is like what you would kind of stow things that inspire you. So mm-hmm. then when you feel sort of uninspired, you can go into your spark file and read articles, watch, you know, content, whatever that mm-hmm. brings you, you know, that yeah. sparks you. Yeah. But so they did sort of like a lab of it, three performances of title of the show that summer before mm-hmm. it performed at the festival. And it was an actress by the name of Stasia Fernandez or Stacia Fernandez. Mm. I don't know. And um, she ended up being uh, Beth Level's understudy in Drowsy Chaperone. Oh my gosh. And I believe did that in LA first. And that's when Heidi swooped in. Swooped in. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if like, I would love to sit down with those four and figure that out because it feels so specific to Heidi and, the turnover from the musical from Manhattan Theater Source to the Musical Theater Festival is so short that yeah. it's not like they rewrote the whole show for Heidi in a month. Yeah. I wonder if Heidi was unavailable for the three performances and they sort of tweaked it for Stasia. I for wonder that. oh my god, you know, um, it is a dream of mine to sit them all, at some point in my life, sit them down, uh-huh. the four of them, and do sort of a side by side with Susan Blackwell. Like we're all just yeah. like drinking and, and talking and doing all of that. I think this is the moment where you say into the mic that this is your official invitation to the four of them This to is do my it. official invitation to Jeff Bowen, Hunter Bell, Susan Blackwell, and Heidi Blickenstaff. And let's throw Larry in there. Yeah. I, I'm like, I would, I, and Michael Brass, I would, I would love to sit down now that it's been, what, 15 years? I guess so. To, to just talk about, because I know there are people, so many people in the world. I mean, after seeing that 10 year mm-hmm. reunion concert for the Actors Fund, for the Entertainment Fund now, mm-hmm. I, it was like, it was a rock concert. Mm-hmm. It was so there. This show touches so many people, and I know there's a lot of content. I think they maybe feel like, oh my god, there's so much content already with the title of show, show, whatever. I'm like, no, because we don't know now. They're all, you know, all their careers are doing other. They're doing other things. Yeah. I want to know, like, how often do you think about this show? Like, how much? Do you, I just I have a lot of questions for them. So this is my official invitation. Yes, um, I would like to be in the room at Great. the very least because Perfect. you said throw in Michael Barres, and I would love to have Michael Barres thrown into me. Oh my god. <laughs> He was definitely a sexual awakening of mine. Michael um, is so... I mean, Jeff and Michael are a power couple, in my oh, opinion. Oh, 1,000%. And I don't, no one talks about it. I'm like, no, no Jeff they're and Michael. Ve- they're Ooh. very quiet about it. They're super um, quiet I it. didn't know that they were together until the closing performance of Title Show on Broadway. Got it. Because uh, when the show wrapped up, and we'll talk about a rock concert, that final performance was a rock uh, I mean, I concert. bet when the post-the-closing notice, mm-hmm. I bet it was really well, so it, it was, yeah, it was, it was one, it's one of those final performances. I've been to only two... Closing performances yeah. on Broadway, Grey Gardens, and oh title the show. God. Oh my god! I know I'm the a, dynamic duo. Come I'm on, a, I'm a fag. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. But they were very respectful rock concerts because when when there was time for applause, everyone went insane. Of course, but it wasn't like you know when Leah Michelle's in Funny Girl and everyone's screaming. Oh over yeah, the you notes. Like can't hear anything. Yeah, no, they everyone's like, no, I want to hear it all. Oh, of course, um, especially considering it's a keyboard. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> you gotta hear it. You can easily drown out the but show. I, when when the show begins because it begins with Jeff and Hunter facing yeah. front in the darkness and so everyone the applause was such that like it took a minute before they could begin of course and then Heidi and Susan came on for the so we'll get a bunch yeah yeah um they got applause but it was like a very loud like, uh, yeah exactly because they're not friends yeah. you just want to hear everything um and then Susan's die vampire got a big I round mean, of, of applause course. and then um Jeff started everyone was very calm for most of the final performance. 
until nine people's favorite things. Because oh. then Jeff started to do the I'd rather be yeah, nine yeah. people's, and he started to cry. Yeah. And he had to, like, stop himself. Yeah. But the entire audience, like, gave him a little whoop of, like, you can do, you can it. do it. Yeah. So then that number, the show ends, and it's all great. And then Michael Russ comes on to talk about it. He says, you know, this experience was so great, blah, blah, blah. And, like, to do to work on this show I love so much and you know spend every day with my boyfriend and um everyone kind of chuckles because we all know but no one's saying it and then Jeff just points at himself and mouth and then (laughs) and then they kiss and we were like yes they're kissing but Michael Barres and Kiss Me Kate was a very big sexual moment for me Oh, sure. When like by all means. Yeah. He's such a talented performer as well as a director. Yeah. Well he doesn't do that much Directing, I don't think anymore. I don't know. He? I mean, he, I just he should. I, I consider now hear this and title show like so brilliantly directed. But absolutely, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, like you're what such I'm a good director. Is, yeah, I'm like, I don't know do if he more. does. He a should. Lot. He should because also I'll say his choreography for title show is fucking great. It's so like pedestrian meets like, but but it's so effective. It's very clean. It's the cleanest thing ever, yeah. and it's 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 more about that. Like, yeah. and. There's there's no frill, but it's very yeah tight. I don't okay. I've I have been very open about some of the choreography on Broadway in the past, and I mm-hmm. don't have to go into specifics for this episode. If you want to hear specifics, listen to past episodes. Mm-hmm. But I have an issue with a lot of modern day Broadway choreography where it does rely on tricks and flips. It's and, a lot of it's like you're paying for the ticket. Yeah, you better get you know thrown all out fire exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's very hot feet. Yeah, yes, so, yes, yes, yes. But I'm like, but where's sort of the precision and where's the build and, and yeah. the inventiveness? And Michael's choreography and title of the show, like, there's no splits or high kicks. No. But it's impressive because it's very precise. It's very story character based and also very mm-hmm. inventive and clever and funny. Yes. And and just works so well. And I mean... I, his fucking staging of September song, AKA the festival medley oh is incredible, God. including what I'm pretty sure is a reference to dream girls. When, um, Susan and Heidi are sitting at their, uh, chairs and it's like a dressing table backstage as oh Hunter and Jeff are doing. It's... Yeah. It's, I'm tr- I don't, I don't want to get too in the weeds because I could talk about all the Susan Blackwell line deliveries from the cast album in the show. And just, can't you see that I'm dying? Yeah. But also when she was like, um, uh, she goes, I like doing the show. I like doing the show. It, it, it balances out my day job, which is killing, killing me softly. Which is <laughs> <laughs> killing me softly. Oh, I, I, I wrote this song sitting at my desk today. I'd like, like to, to sing, sing it, it for, for you, you now. For you now. Can't you see that I'm dying inside? Can't you see that I'm dying inside? If you shine a flashlight in my butt, you'd see I'm dying inside. When they do that final, the inside, inside, yeah, yeah. they are, Jeff and Hunter turn around and grab the chairs, and uh, Heidi and Susan both reach their arms out in the final inside oh as the chairs pull back. And oh, I'm so like, that's easily. I'm like, that's Jennifer Holiday and Dreamgirls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, but it's so fucking quick. But that, that's because you take the, the actual meat of the show, like the, the score and the book, mm-hmm. and then you have someone like Michael, who understands it on such like a profound level mm-hmm. that visually all he does is enhance it mm-hmm. and make sure that it all is tight. Like the visual language of the show, because it's so sparse, mm-hmm. had to be that. And Michael completely delivered. And I'm just like so impressed by the show because oh, yeah. it easily could not have been that. But yeah. it was so genius to be able to be 
you know, as amazing as it was with as little, like with limitation comes creativity. Yeah. And oh my God, was we, the, did they have limits? We, we've talked about it all the time on this podcast when um, creatives have talked about this, you know, with TV and film mm-hmm. or whatever. When they have boundaries, you yeah. actually get more creative because when when yeah. the whole world is your resource, it's like you get crippled. Yeah, like, you what just the fuck throw we do? crap at yeah. stuff. But I, I think that would be my ultimate, um, my two things I would say to people who are doing a production to title a show, A is pacing, keep it moving, keep oh it moving. Oh my God, yes, yeah. please. Uh, don't over emote or over exaggerate the comedy. Like the comedy lives in just how natural everybody is. If you watch a video of the original four, no one is pushing. They're just- Not a single, they're completely living in yeah. it. Especially because it's so much of it is just silly humor. Yeah. Um, that's, you just live in it. And then also like choreography wise, don't be afraid to like make it show busy. Yeah. Um, ha- like have fun with with imagery. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the choreography has nothing to do with four people in a room with chairs. It's just like full blown musical theater. Yeah. Iconography. Yeah. Um, think of, you know, 1960s tight choreography for Die Vampire Die. You know, uh, Heidi, Jeff and Hunter are singing backup. So they're yeah. being the dream we'll acts. back up. Yeah. And like, it's very controlled. Just sweet whore. <laughs> just sweet whore. There's also, there's a little bit of French in this show. Just all throughout. It's also, yeah. Hey, Soissons. I also Et love... Heidi. Oh, Et my God. I love... <laughs> Et Heidi. She seems so je ne sais quoi. She seems so incroyable. And I feel so bourgeois. That's, That's just moi. moi. Are we it's gonna... just... It's just... It's just... So I think... I think what yes. we need to do... What do we need to do? We have to do two productions of the title of the show. Two. One where we do the True West, John C. Riley, oh, Philip C. Hoffman, Cliff Love as Hunter I'm and Jeff. I'm so much more of a Jeff than I am a Hunter. And see, I think um, I think I have the energy of a hunter, but I also just I would prefer to sing Jeff because it's because it's lower. Yes, but <laughs> I, I can sing Hunter. I yeah, just like yeah. I'm like okay, I have to pull the Leah Michelle. I'm not drinking alcohol. Yeah, this yeah, week. exactly. Yes, um, precisely. Yes. But then we have to then do a second production where we inverse the genders and we have our female friends play Jeff and Hunter I and mean, we play Susan and Heidi. But of course, and we'll flip flop that as well. I really do. A lot of people are like, oh, um, what shows do you really want revived? And my my answers to those questions for the longest time were Merrily We Roll Along mm-hmm. and Parade. Mm-hmm. And now like both of them are happening so I'm like, I have to change my answer. Yeah. But title of show is one of them because I really think that the, the four of them would be down not to maybe be in it and then do it again, mm-hmm. but to write a version of it that is also self-aware and the fact that it's like us playing like people, yeah. that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm just, I would be dying to do it. Yeah. Like I would limited. If like, even if encores did title of show, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm like, put me in coach. I want to be Jeff so badly. Totally. Well, yeah, I think that'd be interesting to ask Hunter and Jeff to come back to the material and see if they can tweak it in ways where it's, because they, they mentioned in the show, what do we do when people play us? Yeah, yeah, and um, then it's like, and then you, yeah. Um, or it's like, do we change our names? Like, because yeah. eventually someone's going to play us or like understudies or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. And they have a whole episode about that in the title of the show show. Yes. Which is iconic. But uh, I wonder if there's like, in the way that Michael Bennett, when he was going to make a chorus line a movie. Yes. What he was going to do is essentially what became every little step, which was like, what if I make a mm-hmm. movie about people making a movie of a chorus line? Yeah. And... I wonder if like Jeff and Hunter would come back to the title of the show and go, okay, let's tweak this and make it about people putting on a production of the title of the show. So it's like, in- maybe they would, yeah. you know, so it's like 85% the original material with little pieces, with of- little bits of like, it, all of a sudden we're doing this in 2023. It's not yeah. 2008, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And we're actors who are not Hunter, Jeff, Heidi and yeah. Susan having to be Hunter, Jeff, Heidi and Susan. I think it's really inside baseball, which is why I think like, if it's a really, really limited, like an encore mm-hmm. run of it, where the people in that audience, a lot of them are going to know, you know, what's going on. I think it would be incredibly, like 
profound. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to well, do it so bad. I mean, that's something that um, they were dinged for originally when it was moving to Broadway. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you like read any of the reviews at the time. I, I'm sure I did in high school yeah. when I was researching. Um, they, they were pretty well received at the Vineyard. Yes. Um, and then they moved to Broadway. And I remember like the New York Times was really still the only paper that really loved it. And even yeah. then Charles Isherwood was like, I don't know, that whole third act where they're like, what does fame mean? What's success yeah. mean? He's like, I don't like that part. I'm, my- like, oh, I'm like, okay, queen. <laughs> Work it, queen. But Work like it, queen. the Post gave them one star and they're like, oh my God, this like circle jerk of a musical where like they're basically just entertaining themselves and there were a lot of people on the web who felt that way where it's like this show isn't really a show because it's just for people who make each other laugh i'm like but that's what niche is right yeah that's such a lazy critique of the show yeah you don't need to like the show but saying something like that feel i'm like oh great you know it's you're not adding anything to the conversation no because it is a musical there's original there's an original score and it's a it's and it's it, they're acting like it's the first meta thing ever. And no. I'm like, they didn't invent meta theater. No, like <laughs> you know, it is it is it is a very self aware musical. Listen, if you go into like the the nitpicks, like are are there like maybe one or two fourth wall breaks that I would cut myself? Like yes, because but that's also because I think fourth wall breaks in general are more of a spice than an ingredient. Sure, in the show. sure, sure. Like sure. you, I'm like you get two, maybe three if Got you're it. lucky. If it's a four act musical, you get three. Yeah, you get. Two. <laughs> um, and, like, every now and then, I'm like, oh, we don't need... I mean, we don't... I always love an Into the Woods reference. I'm like, do we need six? We could probably cut it down to five. Oh, yeah, that, yeah that's right. Um, because they really were... They're like, we don't want to do a reference... They don't want to pander and do a reference to Les Mis or Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And what's funny is that Into the Woods, I think, ha- would, if they were writing it now, would be one of those musicals. Yeah. But I think maybe at the time it wasn't. I don't know. It was... Into the Woods was still very much, like, the holy grail for theater kids, but it yeah, wasn't... Yeah, it didn't, like... It didn't breach quite yet, like, the it zeitgeist was, in general. But yeah. now there's the movie. There's this really successful revival. Yeah. You know. People know it far more now. Yeah. Um, or at least I should say the normies know it the far normies more now. know it yeah but like we have the we have the festival of the kings festival yeah. and then we have the i need your shoe and then i need your shoe and then also when they're about to submit it and they're playing the famous into the woods don't course, say that of course you were meant, meant to have, have children. children yep genius i just think the whole thing came from susan blackwell being like i'll never get to play the baker's wife on broadway can you give me two lines give me two give me give me some into the woods give me some gleason give me some gleason i mean they're all friends you know they yeah they love joanna gleason well and that's sort of what i love about the song part of it all is they talk about how they want to be in the community because like it's i think one of those things that um is really tricky to gauge with broadway and i'm sure you know this as well you're I would say we're both relatively in the sausage now of the Broadway community. Sure. You definitely more than me, but <laughs> but like we we've seen some shit. We've seen some yeah. shit. We know some people. We've met some people. And for everything that makes us go like, oh my god, it's just like I dreamed. There's something where you're like, huh, mm-hmm. not exactly how I imagined. Sure, it. sure, sure, sure. We sure, don't sure. have to go into deeds, but it's like every industry that exists. Yeah, you like you're all of a sudden in the circle, and you're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. I think the only way to really survive it is to, like Heidi, remind yourself a way back to then, but also, like, not take yourself and it so seriously of, like... Yeah. It, like, sometimes it's ridiculous and weird and, like, sometimes toxic, but then also yeah. it can be amazing. And that's what I love about the energy of Jeff and Hunter... Mm-hmm. I was about to say Jeff and Bowen. Jeff, Jeff and, and Hunter. Bowen. Oh, Jeff my and, gosh. Uh, um, no, of Jeff and Hunter, as they wrote it, is it's very, like... They love Broadway while also recognizing all the craziness about Which it. Which is my content. That is literally my content. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the exact same conceit. Yeah. Know? Like, I love it so much that I'm able to see the weird, strange, 
almost embarrassing parts of what we do and mm-hmm. I'm able to poke fun of them because it comes from a place of pure 100% love and Absolutely. that's exactly what they do. It's not it's not punching down, it's a funhouse mirror. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. Aren't you so glad we met today? So glad. I get you, baby. I get you. But yeah, I mean, when they sing part of it all or like they make jokes about Betty Buckley being a hot box of crazy oh my God. or the D. Like Hody Stout getting hit by a hot, hot dog cart. Z. Hody in, in Horror House Goes Public. Oh my God. Which, <laughs> she's like, I'm simply so sorry I keep getting nominated for music and nobody likes Oops. this footloose whatever <laughs> um, everybody cut everybody cut um i, mean, I don't know who's speaking out of school what who fucking cares so i saw d hody do cinderella at paper mill nice was sure. that kind of recently it was like four years yeah, ago yeah it feels recent. yeah well yeah it was it was right before covid yeah, i was that's right i was trying to date somebody in the cast um oh my God. well yeah that's the best way i can describe it we were like <laughs> we were kind of starting to date but Great. he wouldn't go further but he was like i'll he's like i'll absolutely get you a comp to the show i'm in and like you can ride in the van with us back oh that's nice yeah nj transit yes i was Um, just there yesterday seeing rent but booking a a tour afterwards and not telling me and then just fully ghosting off to canada is not as nice but but we don't have to go there point is (laughs) we're in the van he's driving so i can't really talk to him um driving the van yeah so that's oh amazing yeah oh no they don't have like drivers for paper mill it's oh you I didn't realize that. Yeah, you get you get paid extra if you're a van. Oh, driver. I'll totally drive the van. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how they get you to do it. They're mm-hmm. like, you get an extra hundred bucks. So he he did it. I was like, okay, cool. Like I, that makes sense. But like, I'll I guess I'll just sit here and and talk to D Hody. Yeah. And it was lovely. I, I we start talking and like, oh, you know, my dad is a huge Follies nerd and mm-hmm. like we love you in the cast recording so yeah. she's like oh my god thank you so much and like i'm kind of going down the list i'm like well we're just folly she's like oh my god such a blast and <laughs> and and, and, and i'm like resume. i'm like bright star she's like oh you know easy and yeah, um, yeah. but then i go and g i saw i was like at opening night of Gigi, and she goes those are some beautiful gowns <laughs> oh my god the tea the tea the tea the tea I'm also a Follies super freak. Of course. Um, yeah. Of course. That's what you're on this podcast for a reason. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, Follies. Um, Ooh, Follies. Yeah, Follies. but you know, when they do part of it all, and it's, you know. That it's- song, I was, I'm doing a solo show next summer, and I'm not next summer, as in next month, this summer, um, in less than a month. And I am including, I was like, I really want to include a song. I'm, we're going to do Two Nobodies, but I, but part of it all, like, speaks to me a more. Yeah. Because it's like, it, part of lunch with Bernadette. Part of and it's like yeah. all of that is so was so me in high school, and mm-hmm. now I sort of feel a little bit like a part of it all. And it's really profound listening to that song now because it it captures so accurately what I was feeling in high school and college. Like I just wanted to be a part of this community. Yeah. And um, but two nobodies is a little bit more fun to listen to. Sure. So I was like, okay. I'll yeah. No, part of nobodies. it all. I mean, the the line, "All our gay skills filling playbills." All our gay skills filling playbills. Genius. Genius lyric. Jeff has some really fucking good lyrics in the show. I mean, he's not messing around. Like he is he's not. Like, so he's smart. like, I have seen Michael Bress naked on multiple occasions. Oh I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Monster. Monster to my right. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like, in, oh, God, part uh, of it all. What's, and what's so funny is that that song ends up being a premonition because they talk about yeah. doing a photo shoot for a fancy gay magazine, yeah. which Jeff ends up doing yes, when they move to Broadway yeah. and they have lunch with Bernadette. And they, yeah. they even mentioned this in the Broadway version where they're like, it's so weird to sing a song about having lunch with Bernadette. And she's sitting she's right, there. right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I also love... Uh, in the Broadway version as they're talking about the off-Broadway run and they talk about how Kitty Carlisle Hart Kitty was Carlisle Hart. And, and Susan says, oh, let me tell you what she said to me. Uh, she goes, she comes backstage and she goes to Heidi and she goes, where did you get that beautiful voice? <laughs> and then she turns to me all Kitty Carlisle Hardy and she says, how <laughs> do, do you keep, keep your, your feet, feet so clean? clean? Oh, and what's also funny about that is 
I mean, Susan's, I think, barefoot most of the She's show. She's barefoot the almost, almost the whole time. Yeah. So, like, it's not a... I think bad, maybe the whole time. Yeah, it's not an off question. No, it's so true. Like, you're on a stage, like a dirty Broadway stage. Yeah. And, and your feet are spotless. Yes. <laughs> and Kitty Carlisle Hart knows what's up. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, not, it's actually a really um, astute thing to ask. Yeah, she knows, she knows exactly what to yeah, say. Yeah, and Susan Blackwell is... So thrilled that she asks. Yeah, that, uh, that I, 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 that's a story for the ages. For the ages, and now um, it's in the show. On that note, let's take one last break. Thank you, break. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. You're the nimble thread. And we're back. And we're back. Um, so, I mean, we haven't. I mean, we've both talked and not talked about the show, which I think is. I very know. Should we just like really show? get? Let's get into it. Okay. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> what is a moment of the show that you really treasure? That oh my like, God. I mean, I'm sure there are many, There's but like, so first thing, many. First thing that comes to mind. Um, first thing that comes to mind. Um. Oh my goodness. Probably there's two that come to mind. Mm-hmm. It's the scene going into way back to then. Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of the resolution, the denouement, so to speak, after the big conflict. And it's so tender and done so concisely like, because these four have a connection that like a friendship, a true friendship, not one that can be completely destroyed based on like a bad photo shoot. Yeah. Um, but the whole... The, the the conflict resolution and because this is how I am I am with my friends it's like if there's some sort of you know anger or frustration there both parties always come to each other being like we're good mm-hmm. and that and that's what it feels and then we jump into way back to then and the three of them just watch as Heidi sings it and it's so tender and it is very quick in the script so i kudos to them because it the resolution of that conflict is is very concise but it's also how friends deal with it and yeah. i and i and i that was so much fun doing every night and watching my friend maggie sing way back to then as we just like sat and got to listen it was mm-hmm. it was a dream but also the very very end of the show so post nine people's favorite thing and they're just standing being like so how do we end it it's it's so like, oh, it's the end of the road. Oh, what a long road we hoed. Mm-hmm. Now we have to let go. This is the last line of our show. And it's like so, they could have easily just ended with Nine People's Favorite Thing, had it be like a button and everyone just applauds. Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't, wouldn't be title of show. Like title, mm-hmm. it's so about like, okay, we just wrote a finale. Mm-hmm. And now what? <laughs> and it's like, let's just step off. Yeah. And it's so tender. And I have chills talking about it. And again, it's one of those things. It just, it can sit in an earnest place without an ounce of sarcasm and it's a testament to the four of them. I think. I think, and and it it's something I strive for to never lose honesty. Yeah. And even no matter how crazy the comedy is, to always have you know the heart. And that's what they are. And I they also uh, they, I think they really did that again. But now hear this. Of course, with less critical success because it was a little. It was more of a swirl off. Mm-hmm. Is what they called it of title of show. But I mean, I think it also has that too. And um, those are the two moments that come to mind. Those are great moments. I love what I love about Way Back to Then is that it is sort of like a a reboot for most artists of why do we do it? Yeah. It's not no no matter what anyone says, no one truly had like the calling of I am the artist and I must make the art. Yeah. It's it was a passion and a joy and a love that came at some point in your yeah. youth that stayed in you and sprouted into something yeah. greater. And then as we've mentioned, 
no, this business is hard and yeah. not everyone cleans their own house and therefore like they will lash out in ways yeah. in a creative process, which is already very vulnerable and rough yeah. that will make it not the most fun. And you sometimes lose sight of what it is that got you into doing this yeah. in the first place. And that song way back to then is Heidi singing ultimately what she talks to Jeff about earlier about I'm now the mold yeah. for this role. But it's also like, I found it the joy that I had when I was a child yeah. wanting to do this and making this piece that means so much to me, but it's also just full of love. It's, it's so pure and it's so earnest. Yeah. And honestly, so many musical theater songs that are like pure and earnest yeah. can be a little eye rolly. So the fact exactly. that this one, and I think this one isn't, and I think it is, it's the specificity of it That's all. That's what, because it's the imagery. It's, yeah. it's dancing in the backyard, Kool-Aid mustache and, and butterfly, butterfly wings. Here in Andrea mm-hmm. McArdle sing. sing from the Hi-Fi in the Den. Yep. That, I remember like moms coming up to me after title show being like, that is, was me. Like that yeah. was, it was, and it, and it, it's such a good thing to remember as someone who writes now, like the more specific you can get the better and, and clearer the yeah. image will be. And the way she says, I've been waiting my whole life to find a way back to then. Cause you know, she's performing, but she, in the show, she's a little disillusioned with it. She's tired yeah. and she's, she doesn't get the assistant ensemble, like assistant stage manager track or whatever, because she yeah. doesn't fit the costume. Like she is a little bit, you know, frustrated as all of, all of yeah. them are with it, with the industry. So the fact that, you know, you watch a character find that for herself and she's obviously singing on behalf of all four of them mm-hmm. is, such a good way to like 11 o'clock number the show and it's oh god yeah. it's amazing well because you think about where they all are when the show begins um yeah. they definitely all look at heidi as the most successful and she yeah. is in the respective theater sure but you know susan actress writer who hasn't been yeah. auditioning in a very long working time working in the corporate job working a corporate job um jeff works for you know a website yeah. hasn't you know performed in a while jeff hasn't performed in a while he's doing catering gigs oh yeah hunter yeah hunter yeah, yeah. Hunter, hunter doing uh mm-hmm. catering gigs jeff is working for a website yeah and, you know, they're doing what they can to survive. And, and while Heidi might be doing, like, the most glamorous version of that in terms of acting, yeah. it's still tough because she's going from job to job. And, yeah. yes, she is working and she's able to support herself, but she's not, you know, overly successful. She's never – she's not able to pick roles. She has to go in and hope that she can fit yeah, something. Yeah, she's like, oh, if it doesn't interfere with the role, it's getting eel rehearsal, I'm in. You know, yeah. like, that's her reality. Not to say that that's not incredible and amazing, but, you know, she – she's 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 doing the work you know yeah yeah well so the thing when they when they include the little mermaid stuff because heidi books yeah broadway in real life and they include that in the broadway version um having never met heidi but having known a few people who did that production of little mermaid uh it's one of those things where again with this industry because it's so tough and jobs are rare and when you book something you are grateful for the work and, and being something to yeah. do. But I mean, we've talked about this on the pod before. Like, would you rather be in a show that artistically isn't fulfilling, but is such a wonderful process? Cause like the people are yeah. nice or a show that's kind of a nightmare process, but it's a show that like fulfills your artistic soul. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's the age. I, it's a forever question. Yeah. And you just hope that you have both experiences. Yeah. You don't have to choose. And from what I understand for that cast for most of that cast of mermaid yeah, was that yeah. it was a good experience in the sense of like everyone got along pretty well yeah but everyone was very aware that they were doing the little mermaid on wheelies yeah. and like yeah. no no one gets into this business you, like no one watches sunday in the park with george on pbs oh in 1984 oh and gosh. going one day yeah. i will play a roller skating eel. eel yeah you know it's it's and it's it's a good reminder that like being on broadway means so many different things yeah and yeah. like you can be grateful for the job while also kind of 
you know, saying like, ah, but this isn't totally what I want. Yeah. Like Audrey, Audrey even says this, like um, she has an interview. I think it's the interviews interview actually, mm-hmm. where they talked about like, well, tell us about your Broadway debut. And she goes, well, I was, I was doing the tour of secret garden and I go to close out the show. Yeah. So like my Broadway debut was like the last four months of Secret Garden, and I'm, yeah. I'm, th- I'm like, she's like, I tried really hard to convince myself <laughs> at the time that it was magical because I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm on Broadway with Rebecca Luker and I'm singing Hindu. It's yeah, not oh quite the debut yeah, I imagined, right. but like I'm here. Yeah. And then she says, No, like Carousel was the one where it actually of felt course. like the magic I mean, of one. Of course. Yeah. But 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 that doesn't you know negate her experience with Secret Garden and and. With Heidi, you know, even though Mermaid is a gig and it's good money and yeah. she's, and I'm sure it was a lovely time for everyone. Yeah. Like when she's talking about like coming back to Broadway after doing Full Monty, she's not thinking to herself like, I will understudy Cher Renee Scott and I will be in wheelies and I'll yeah, be yeah. fine. Like it's, title of the show is that return I think she really yeah, wants. Exactly. And I think that, and she's allowed to have that complaint because yeah. we're all human beings. Yeah. But um, that's something that they all kind of discuss as the show gets bigger and closer to being something yeah and that ultimately is what makes hunter in that third act of the show not a monster but like you see where he's his... the one he he's the one that he begins to stray from what the four of them set out to do yes. the, in search of you know commercial success he starts driving the manic train yeah exactly and and it comes from a very real place of having struggled for so long and something finally is clicking yeah and it could go away at any moment. Yeah, you see his desperation, and it, it always makes sense. You're, you're never like, God, Hunter's such a dick. Like, yeah. you, you completely understand where he's coming from. It's all he's ever wanted. Yeah. It's, it's, it was one of my major um, points of contention with Kinky Boots is that, for me, Charlie just makes such a heel turn in Act 2 for no reason. Heel turn, that's funny. It's, that's what it is. No, but that's like, it's clever, because sex is oh. a heel. Did you even know? Did you no. even get that? <laughs> a heel turn. I was like, no, that's clever. Thank you. I, I am so smart. I don't even realize how smart I am. Oh, my God. Um, the, the, the cross you bear. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's why my torso is just so great. Yes. Um, no, but I always was like, oh, he kind of does a 180 during intermission that we never really got to see. Oh, sure. Um, and Hunter, like, you see why it happens. And he doesn't go so far off in the deep end that you're like, this monster. But you, yeah. you know what's happening to him. Because I think we've all had that where, like, something clicks or you hope if you hope to have it yeah. or something clicks and it could and you can see the opportunity right there yeah and it's so within reach and anytime it starts to slip away you get a little yeah, panic and a little insane um and it goes even further in the broadway version because with the broadway version they have the festival they get the praise and then they get to go to off broadway pretty quickly and they yeah. get to do all these developments and then it sort of calms there's down there's like a wait yeah there's yeah. just a there's a lull. a lull and this this wasn't in the vineyard version um and i'm glad they included it which was like once vineyard the two cents of vineyard yeah. were over there's like a year pause yeah susan's they're just back, waiting for the phone to ring yeah susan's back at her temp job heidi's auditioning and and they're not seeing each other as much because yeah. they got to keep working yeah. um and that's what causes hunter to start doing the title of show show yeah. which is if I'm if this show is gonna go anywhere, I gotta make it myself. Yeah. I can't keep waiting for the phone to ring. And it's and they make jokes about it in the actual title of the show show where like the whole are they going to Broadway rumors started just from them going on YouTube and going and being like we're we're going to Broadway. We're, we're going to yeah, Broadway. Yeah, they're just they just like it's it's they man, the manifesting of it all. Like yeah. it really was manifesting in its purest yeah. form. And just and starting to create content that people were interested in because it got people talking about them and using the internet for good. Because and because because the news outlets started being like, oh, it is Broadway is um, title of show going to Broadway. Like yeah. people would be writing articles and they'd be like, he, 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 he. And then they would repost the articles. Exactly. And, yeah. And, and people who lived in, 
Indiana or Arizona yeah. who love theater but don't go to New York very often who didn't know of title of show. Oh yeah. See about it on Broadway World and on YouTube and then like they make it a point if it goes to Broadway to come see it yep. when they when they go to New York. So it was all very very smart but also just came out of pure passion and like no, we are we, we are going to manifest this ourselves. And the way they corralled their Broadway fans like yeah. the, the episode where it's like it's like oh should we get like stars should we get cameos mm-hmm. and they like become like kelly o'hara is yeah. jeff like it, it's it's that kind of it, to feel the love mm-hmm. from you know your favorite broadway people like that oh god it's just so smart mm-hmm. and got everyone so excited and yeah, yeah. I, and there are some people in that celebrity video that do um voicemails in the show yes. although it I was looking at the script. The published script doesn't have most of those voice messages, which is upsetting to me. It's um, the one they keep as Sutton Foster. As well you should. Yeah. Because, first of all, plot device, but also... Plot device. Well, it wasn't actually Sutton Foster. In real life, it wasn't. It was a different actress. Well, well, in real... Wait, so that was like an actual thing? Was that a... So they were thinking of replacing Heidi. Yes. Oh, I I did not know about that. Oh, no, no, that's real. And Hunter told me that. I'm not going to like say what actress it is because I think he maybe told me that in confidence. But there was talk of replacing Heidi. And it wasn't actually going to be Sutton Foster. No. Well, at the Vineyard, it's Emily Skinner. Um, so yeah, it is Emily Skinner. Okay, great. <laughs> so then, so the, so then they kept the voice. So they kept yeah. So so um, Emily Skinner was initially the person that I think they were thinking of, you uh-huh. know, because she is a little bit like more similar to Heidi in terms of like general vibe, yeah, um, than Sutton is. But uh, they made it Sutton Foster probably to take the sting out, right? Because probably take the sting out, and also when they moved to Broadway, because one of the things in Charles Isherwood's review for Off Broadway yeah. was he mentions that the whole like Emily Skinner voice message used like I know that's a deep cut because some of you, many of you, won't know who Emily Skinner is. Is. Oh, and so I think when they moved to Broadway, like we need to make it someone a little so more just undeniably Broadway that everyone in the audience will know who it yeah. is. And so they make it Sutton. But the running joke is in both versions, off Broadway and Broadway, is that they have all these voice messages from actresses who they like randomly reached out to yeah. to be entitled to the show, and they're all saying no in very different ways. Yeah, and <laughs> there are some off Broadway, there are some that change from off Broadway to Broadway. It's not in the published script, unfortunately. No, but there are so many great ones. So, like they have Victoria Clark does one yes. and uh, she says, I'm so sorry. I can't, I'm, 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 I'm busy. And you think she's going to say like all the, all the shows she's busy with, but it's just like, she's busy being a mom. So she's like talking yeah. about all the things she has to do for her kid and gets cut off. They have one where, um, Marin Maisie, RIP. She, she burps in the middle of her. Yes. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. Carrie Butler does like, Carrie Butler is so good at the like sweet plastic mean girl. Oh, thing. Yeah. She's like, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally do it, but I'm just, oh, I'm booked. I'm yeah. so sorry. Um, and you just know she doesn't mean it. Yeah. And then um, Amy Spenger yeah. did one that uh, eventually, uh, Amy Spenger did one, I think for um, New York music theater festival that then became Christine Ebersol at the vineyard and Broadway where mm-hmm. she was like, thank you so much. Um, how did you get my number? Yeah. Yeah. So smart. So smart. And then Broadway, they moved, uh, they added one for Patty LaPone where she was like, um, thank you for asking me to be in your show, I guess. Um, I'm, and, she, she, and she pretty much just like, I'm absolutely not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, like, no way. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie to you and say I'm busy. I'm not doing this. And also, please don't ask me to record Rainbow High for your outgoing voice messages. Oh my I won't God. do that either. It's just so good. Yeah. Oh my and then God. it all results with Sutton Foster slash Emily Skinner. Yeah, being, being like, like, hey, actually, I'm sort I'm, of, I would love, you know, if Heidi, I don't know if Heidi's like in the show, but yeah. I would love to, you know, let's talk. Yeah. And that... I did not know that that was a real thing. Yeah, they. I, I bet it was it wasn't as like. I bet they didn't go as far. You yeah. Know, with, I, but I do think it was you know floated uh-huh. around. Yeah. Know? Because the way it's described in the show is that they don't say yes, but more that like Hunter is very seriously considering it. Yeah. Especially because Heidi, of the four of them, 
because she gets the most work, yeah. she's the most likely to not be able to follow through with the yeah. show because, so, yeah. because the development is taking so long. And when they do, it's the awkward photo shoot and oh, Heidi drops so the good. bomb where she goes, um, so when these packets go out, uh, are you going to be able to use them? Or, yeah, replace me with Sutton Foster. And, and, like, oh, 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 oh. and then all, the only lyrics are just awkward Red photo shoot. Click, click. Click, click. And then, no, all the dialogue in between. Yeah. Susan going, I'm giving you broken doll. I'm giving you broken doll. Yeah. Which is very big spender. Or when um, she's like, you know, I think this is a good time to talk about like, um, like the pie, the, yeah. how we're going to, you know, be compensated for yeah. our work. And then, and then Jeff's like, oh yeah, Susan, this is a perfect time to talk about profit sharing. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. It's but so it's like, good. yeah, it's like the messy stuff you kind of do have to figure out when you're yeah. making something. Because it's it's one of those things where you're like, I don't want this to feel like it's all about money, but like we did but make this show yeah, with so you. So it's like, and it, it, money is going to be a conversation to be had. Yeah. yeah. And if and if we are going to remain friends, we have to be honest about yeah. like what we all um, are entitled to. Yeah. Um, entitled to show too, but, entitled to show. Yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, there. About I could go. I mean, I, I could literally. I could. I could talk about yeah. this for a million years. Monkeys and playbills. Monkeys and playbills. So genius and ridiculous. It's oh my god. And when I did it, because some we didn't have any like projections or anything. I did print out every single like cover of a playbill, like made fake playbills and then held up every single one. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people do like some of them, but yeah. we like, we really made yeah. it happen. Yeah. Uh, off Broadway, they only do, I think like half of them enough to show you that yeah. like they are including flops shows. And then on Broadway, they did projections they of, did all projections. of them, yeah. Yeah, of all of them, which I appreciated because it also gives you uh, insight into just how clever the lyrics are because so many shows are in there. I know. And you, you would miss, some a lot of them. them. Yeah, because yeah. they fit so beautifully in mm-hmm. the narrative that they're creating. But no, really all Jeff Jeff and Heidi are just almost exclusively singing show titles. Pretty much. Song. Yeah. Something more. I think that's yeah. a show title. It's all those things where you're like, oh, that's just a sentence. I'm like, no, it's actually a sentence of three different shows. It's so nice to be civilized. And I'll miss the stars in your eyes and your smile. But I gotta hit the trail. Summer, he went back to the speedboat and watched censored scenes from King Kong. He found a shelter on the speedboat and he thought, Here's where I belong. Just me and my speedboat. Merrily we roll along. along. The show um, embraces the silliness of stage performance and stage tropes while also adhering to it at the same time. It's very you're yeah. in town in that way of like, which I also love. I yeah. love you're in town. So yeah. Much. You're in town's a little more, um, show show and it's, more, yeah. And more kind of acknowledging the structure of musical theater, whereas title of the show is more about the creation of musical theater and the niche trivia of it while yeah. also being a, its own show. Yeah. Whereas you're in town. If you see it as someone who doesn't know anything about theater, you wouldn't understand that, like, what is your in town is a fiddler reference. So you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of things, you know, uh, yeah. but uh, you can still enjoy it. But, it, yeah. oh, my God, it is so much more fun when you are oh, a yeah. fan of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And depending on the director you have, you can add Easter eggs in the staging. Yeah. Also, ripe for revival. Oh, uh, yeah. I've been saying this for a while yeah. now. It needs to. It, it feels crazy to, to me that it hasn't been revived. Yeah. Because I just saw my, my alma mater, USC, just did. I happened to be in town and saw it. And I'm like... God, it's like this constant reminder of like this is still pretty mm-hmm. freaking airtight. Like it, it, the comedy mm-hmm. of the is so good. The book is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and the score is brilliant. I mean, it's a brilliant score. So I just think it perhaps is time. Maybe that should be Michael Perez's show. <gasps> I be- he would be a really good mind for it. He has a sense of humor for it. He does, and his I think he would do really great staging for it. I'm I'm down. 
Okay, done. Ma- Mikey, Mikey, baby. Mikey, Mikey, boo boo. Daddy Michael, oh my God. if you can please. <laughs> Saw that one coming. Yeah. Daddy I'm, Michael. I'm, uh, yesterday was Daddy's Day. It's so true. Oh, okay. oh my God, you're so right about that. <laughs> I mean, he is, oh God. I know he's in a loving relationship and I love Jeff. And if Jeff wants a piece of this too, I'm not going to oh say no. Oh my God, you monster. You're a monster. I'm not, I'm not a monster. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity slut. Oh, equal opportunity slut. I can't. I think that's the name of my memoir, Equal, Equal Opportunity, Opportunity Slut. Slut. That, I mean, the New York Times bestseller. Yeah, well, I mean, other, uh, another running joke of the show is um, drag queen names, which I was surprised. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was fair surprised, enough. Fair enough, patio furniture. I was surprised watching the Vineyard production that it actually wasn't a running joke. They just have two liter Pepsi. <gasps> two liter Pepsi is very good. No, they make it. They make it a thing. A thing. And, it, and I'm glad they do because it expands and makes it even funnier. Yeah. Because they don't explain it at the Vineyard. It, she just goes, if I get a new name in the show, I want it to be two, two liter, liter Pepsi. Pepsi. No, it's like every time we get a drag queen name, we text it to each other. Yeah. 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 Um, they have another one. Mini oh, Van Rental. Lady, <laughs> lady Foot Locker. <laughs> They're all great. They're all absolutely great. And, oh, my gosh. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's one of those things where, like, it, in a way, it's a little bit, like, shocked, where it's, yeah. you know, also a million, genius, a million so. niche jokes. Yeah. And it's sort of like, if you don't get that one, you'll get one you later on. You let it on. wash over you. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get one later on. But part of, I think, I think why I kind of prefer the niche jokes in title show, and not just because they cater to me, mm-hmm. but... Um, I think because the vibe of title show is for friends just kikiing. Yeah. So even if that's there, how you talk, exactly. Even if there's something that you don't get, you still you get, understand that it's funny. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You get the vibe of it, and 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 it, and you still feel like you're in some kind of like cool little club or like yeah. nerdy club, and that's that's enough. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. When you and then. I love coming back to the show because mm-hmm. I'll realize, oh my gosh, that's a reference I didn't maybe didn't understand then, but now I do yeah. because I now have experienced this show firsthand, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. It's yeah. so much fun. And there are things that they cut from Vineyard for Broadway that like when when people say like, oh, it's circle jerky and niche, it's like, well, yeah, but like there are things that they cut uh, that only made them laugh because they were they were they were taking an audience into account. Yeah. For example, and I mean, I wish they kept it just because it's so random and stupid mm-hmm. in September song when they're doing the um, festival medley, they have a moment where they go um, all competing for ticket sales and coverage in the press and everything stops. And then they just do a club it's, dance it's, mix it's, for five seconds. It's so good. It's so random. It's so random. And off Broadway when they did it, it was just like they do coverage in the press and the lights change to red and they just dance for five seconds and then they go right back into the number for no reason. Yeah. Like, Sure. It's just it's just because it fits. Just like a like a visual like you just get a break from because the September song is like a really intense song. Yeah, it's it's, so it's nonstop. It's fun. It's like a way to instead yeah. of having the the trope of someone coming up from air being like <gasps> you know which a lot of things have. It's yeah. like let's instead just do a five second break. Yeah, which I love. It's very Meredith Grey, Christina Yang. Like, oh my let's, let's just dance it out for five seconds and then go right back into the into the trauma. Oh my god, I love Grey's Anatomy. I love the Early first. Days. I, say, I love the first five seasons. Yeah, but that, that's I think that's what anyone means when they say I love yeah. Grey's Anatomy, right? Yeah, it's when. I say I love Sex and City. I'm like, yes, until season five. Oh my gosh, got it. Yeah. Well, and I don't hate season five or six. I'm just, I think one through four is actual good writing. Yeah, got it. And oh we, my God. And then we go into Tell Lady. I really do. And then we, yeah. go in, then we go into the Lady Foot Locker seasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, um, uh, but, uh, uh, another part I just yes. want to mention that I love so much is filling out the form. That's all I have to say. Oh yeah. I love that too. Uh, you're on, no, no, Susan, you're on the ninth. Filling out the form. Your note can suck my note because your note is my notes, bitch. Okay, okay. It's like so good. Yeah. Like the awkwardness of, because that's what I try to, I mean, I try to strive for the comedy of like, oh my God, the process of doing theater is like, can be so silly. And like, they got that 
so brilliantly being like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't get my part. And then it was, okay, well, let's figure it out. Yeah. You're on the ninth. So fun. And yeah. Like, so it's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's the joy and ridiculousness yeah. of, of a show, of yeah. putting on a show. And it's so it's, fun. It, it. It's a combination of like adult, not cynicism, but like sardonic edge mixed with high school theater kid. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you, it's the a, best you know that SNL sketch of the like high school theater? Oh my God. Theater you mean with Will Ferrell? The one that was cut for time? Oh no, no, no high no, school no. theater showcase. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, they're not, no, no, no. Well, all of them. Honestly, oh my God. What are you no. talking about? I'm talking about the music video with Lynn where they're doing um, Crucible Cast Party. Crucible Cast Party. Oh. Which is like, and how... Everybody comes and nobody nuts. Crucible Cast Party. And they're all, they all take the show so seriously. Like, of they, course. Like, let's go into a closet and watch a video of, of, t- of tonight's of, show. Yeah, of the show. Yeah. Oh my God, um, it's so good. Or like, I mean, I know that they ended up pulling it because they thought it was too mean, but when they did the Legally Blonde one and they're oh all backstage God, talking about it. I know, I hate it. that they, it's not online anymore. I know. It makes me feel crazy. Because there's one line that A.D. Bryan says where she's like, can a high school show uh, win a Tony Award? Yeah. And they're like, no, that's so unfair. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's so did you good. go to Did you go like a, to a theater camp? Oh yeah, yeah, I went to. Well, not a theater. No, I didn't go to like stage door French woods or what I call um, French door stage woods. Um, I, 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 because I, I didn't do really theater seriously until freshman year of high school. So I did like summer programs that were not necessarily camps. Like we she didn't sleep in pro- cabins. She went to programs. We didn't sleep in cabins at stage door. We slept in. You went to stage door. I went to stage door. Of course, door, yeah. you did. Literally, of course, I did. Uh, to everyone take a shot. We mentioned it again, but oh my God, the thing about stage door, which I love looking back on it, it is, so, it did prepare me for sort of the Broadway scene because sure. kids treated stage door like Broadway. Yeah, of course. Of who was famous there, yeah. who wasn't like, what, what are the shows going to be? Like people were, um, guessing shows. People were guessing what theaters they were going to go and who was sure. going to cast as what. Oh yeah. And there was all this drama of like, oh, can so and so handle that score? I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, like <laughs> I love. That. I, I think I'm actually really glad I didn't go to them. I think I would be a lot more insufferable if I went. You know, yeah. I was so impressionable as a kid. Like I would have become a nightmare. You know. I think depending on who you are, I guess, and sort of what your journey is with theater, I find most of the people that I'm still in touch with from Stage Door. We all we did have an insufferable insufferable period. Oh, good, good. When when it when it happened for each person, who's to say? Sure, sure, but sure. But sure, well, sure. you eventually come out of it. Yeah, great, it, great. On the other side, <laughs> at least I hope so. But um, you sure? <laughs> it was right there. It was right there. It was right there. <laughs> oh no, he's crying. He's crying. I'm crying. He's I, crying. He's crying. Oh no, <laughs> no, I'm not crying. That was acting. Thank you. So. Yeah, Laurie Madcap's got nothing on oh, me. Oh no, not at all. Grey House, who is she? Grey House, I, girl, I'm a Rainbow House. Hey, girl, I'm a Rainbow House. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. But so, what else is there to say? Everything. So, all I was gonna say was, um, with like those theater kids, yeah. it's that intensity of, of these shows meaning everything yeah. in the world, and you look back and you're like, who cares who played Avita in of 2007? Course. Or like, I still do. But. Your in town was the B show at the LC. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god, you're speaking a different language all of a sudden. I know. It's I know. Scary. Right. But, but it's that kind of passion mixed with the adulthood of like. Yeah, you're silly, but also yes, it's like it's like a knowing it's it's participating in it with like oh, like always a nudge nudge. Yeah, like. um, Heidi has that line when she first meets them, uh, where Hunter and Jeff say make some kind of reference, and Heidi goes, "Is it just me to get three degrees three gayer, gayer in, in here? here?" And then Susan's like, "I like you." Yeah, they look at each other like, mm-hmm. um, "Oh, we didn't talk about uh, we really didn't talk about either of the Susan Heidi duets. We kind of mentioned what kind of girl is she, but not a lot. A little bit. Um, a little bit. The the." Random Hold friend. On, Matt, can I pee? You can go pee. I'm gonna I need I'm gonna pee myself. Go pee. Okay. 
Everyone, I'm going to go pee. I want to apologize for any weirdness. Me too. It can be really scary being the new kid. I bet. I'll bet you bet. I do. I bet. And I also want to say that after all we've been through, I'm so glad we've met. I feel the same way, baby. baby. The secondary characters are calling the shots while the guys are being stored in the wings. We've been left in charge of it all while the plot's unfolding like the Lord of the Rings. Trailer J, it'll be you. Oh my god, I needed to pee for a while. I'm so glad that you... Uh, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just going to ask. Yeah, I'm you know, just, I'm just like, can oh. I pee? Like, And then like, no, you actually have to sit in this chair. Like, No, I'm so glad I pissed. This, this is, is good. I'm so glad you pissed. I'm so glad too. I pissed. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever listened to uh, Breakfast Buffet with Cola Skull and Jeffrey Self? Oh my! I love both of them, and I've only listened to a couple of the episodes. I might not understand your reference. No, it's, there's no. It, it's um just one like person they have on who keeps saying like I love my husband's <laughs> past, and they just say it so many times where even if you didn't find it funny at first, it becomes so repetitive. Yeah, which is like you're like wait, this is funny. Yeah, you just you just start to oh, laugh. I love Colin Jeffrey. I mean, I would see them do title of show. Oh my god! I mean, they would probably tweak it to make it even more disgusting. No, they would. Oh my god, that is so smart. Someone asked me recently to celebrity cast it, and I was like, "Let me think." And yeah. I think what I landed on was Bowen Yang as Hunter, mm-hmm. and then Jonathan Bailey as Jeff. Uh huh. And then um, Aubrey Plaza as Susan. Yeah. And I think I said, um, "Who did I put for Heidi?" Um, who did I put? Oh my gosh. Was it Amber? Amber Riley? Yeah. Maybe Amber Riley is Heidi. Maybe. I think she has like the comedic. I also would, I would, uh, I would allow Stephanie Shu as Susan as well. Oh my God. That's a, such a good idea. Yeah. She could do Heidi too, but I, I would like no, to No, I would love what... to see her do to Die Vampire Die. That feels yeah. right yeah. to me. But Aubrey also is a But Aubrey is like, is, her dryness choice. is like uh, yeah. so similar to Susan's. Yeah. The way that, the way that Aubrey would say, I have medutes about I'm, doing a musical. <laughs> Have Medusa doing a musical. Which is also, by the way, if you read the script, they're so clever about, they have like all these notes beforehand of like yeah. how to think of certain scenes, yes, all this stuff. Exactly. And they even say like Medutes. It's written in the script as I have Medutes. <laughs> and they go in parentheses, this means my doubts. This, this means my doubts. Yeah. I also, because there's so many niche references in the show and I was doing it in my small town and, <laughs> and you know, so a lot of people weren't going to understand a lot of the jokes. So I made yeah. a glossary in the back mm-hmm. in case people were confused of every single reference that yeah. matters. That's uh, something that I intend to do I may or may not be doing, um, working on a 54 Below concert of Smile. Oh, my God. Well, we say may or may not. Like, we want to do it. It's a matter of, like, whether we can get funding and scheduling and whatnot. Yeah. But it's it's something that I've been talking about with some people over there. And I as, can see that show having a really cool second life. Yeah. Oh, it's that show. I've, I've talked about it a lot. My guests know about this, yeah. all this uh, so much. But, like, I think that show actually is super relevant. And, and Oh, Fully. Yeah. It works so much better than people realize. Yeah. Um, it's it's like kind of halfway between title of the show and Ruthless where it's like, it's a little yes. campy, but very self-aware. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But I want to create like a glossary in, of of um, Smile for like all the tables of 54 Below yeah. so people know what all the references are. Okay. Yeah, by yeah. all means, yeah. do it. Jerry Ferraro, that, that is Geraldine Ferraro. Oh my God. <laughs> she, was the, she was the vice president nominee for, I think it was the Democratic ticket um, in the 80s or no, late 70s. But yeah, it's, it's that kind of shit. Um, yeah. Because like, you know, Gen Zers are like, Jerry Ferraro. Yeah. Is that a person who lived? <laughs> Is that a person who lived? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, and I, I always, I don't, 
I my whole thing is like I'm not gonna hold any I'm not gonna have hold anyone's hand you know like yeah. ingesting content but if they do want to try harder then I'm like yeah I'm gonna put a glossary in the back of the program for yeah. you in case you you know want to learn absolutely kind of yeah and, and it always just helps and I mean, the show is also title show is very smart about a lot of that stuff like with the whole the whole show begins with um what is now a drag queen stole my shrimp. Yeah, a drag and, queen stole my shrimp. And and then goes into Mary Stout got hit by a hot dog cart. And then later on, when they're developing it further for yeah. possibly Broadway, Hunter's like, we gotta change that. Yeah, uh, like like what no one no one's gonna know. No, it's who, like, no but Mary Stout was hit by a hot dog yeah, cart. Yeah, like so what, yeah. We, why would we change that? That's what yeah, happened. Yeah. He's like, Well, we gotta change it to Al Roker. People know Al Roker. Yeah, yeah, Al Roker. <laughs> and the, the irony being when they moved to Broadway, Emily Skinner became Sutton Foster. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's, it's the change it, don't change it of it all. Yeah. Is so, I just ran into it. I was, I'm working on a, I'm writing a short film with my friend. Ooh. And we were so happy with the product. And then we had our, like, a writing session the next week. And we were like, wait, yeah. <laughs> like, do we change everything? Like, mm-hmm. out of, maybe we need to make this, you know, get to this faster, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, like, it began to crumble. And yeah. then we're like, wait, I think we actually had it really good the first time around. But yeah, I mean, all of a, if you're sort of um, given the task of like, oh, do some revisions, yeah. you kind of start going crazy sometimes. Yeah, well, because revi- edits and rewrites, like, it feels like easy progress in yeah. a way. Where it's like, oh, I, I, I can cut this, I can move this yeah, around. Yeah. And it's like, well, at that point, are you making it better or worse? Yeah. And or changing it to for changes. Exactly. Sake. Yes. Exactly. Um, and you lose sight of what it is you're trying to create. I, I have something that I wrote and I had a reading in March on my birthday and I had someone there who I love, who's very smart and whatnot. And afterwards, um, like a week or two later, we talked about it and their feedback was such where I was like, Oh, do I need to rewrite my entire yeah. thing? Yeah. Uh, and then eventually I, I thought about it. I was like, no, I think this person essentially wanted me to write something that isn't what I want to write. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But it, it was the first time I had like, that. Oh, wait. I had, yeah. a, it was the first time where I was like, Oh fuck. Do I need to like completely overhaul yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, edits rewriting. It's, it's, it's a very important thing because you don't want to just assume your first draft is your best draft. And if you trust your taste and your intellect, you can look at your stuff and, 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 you know, find, ways to make it stronger but you do also need to like step away from time to time because if you get too in the woods with edits and change it don't change it yeah as you said it becomes changing for changing sake change for changing sake yeah. which i mean it's so i mean i think it's so easy to relate to that as someone who like creates because mm-hmm. you can be happy with someone something and then you can always sort of talk your way out of liking your own stuff oh, always yeah. so it's like but i i mean the line in nine people's favorite thing is like we can either follow our instinct or take advice from every joker we can either be distinct or might wind up merely mediocre mm-hmm. but not me and i love that it's like instincts are sort of all we have yeah. <laughs> as, as yeah. artists and creatives and um and being distinct is your job and yeah. it's like uh, you don't want to you know make something and change it and then and it ends up being a mediocre product like that that's the whole conceit speaking of the woman who came in and fucked up everything in the third act of the show sudden foster oh said, my god help <laughs> <laughs> no um she's such a good sport but yeah. she i was listening i mean i'm so fucking obsessed with her and we have, love. You, have you read hooked no, I actually haven't. Is there an audiobook uh, version of it? Because I want to hear her read it. <laughs> but I, I want to hear something must read the um, book. Just pro- honestly, probably. Probably. I, I, but no, I, I haven't was, read it. I was very eager to read it, so my friend Elena lent it to me. But uh, And I've listened to her talk about all this shit on other podcasts, including yeah. um, the, the Spark, Spark Files. Files. That's, that's what I, yeah, I she, remember that She podcast. says, um, you know, when she talks to students going to theater, her 
three pieces of advice. The third one has nothing to do with what we're talking about, get yeah. a hobby. But she says, um, say yes to opportunities and trust your gut. Yeah. So, you know, do things that scare you, but also when something is feeling, there's a difference between yeah. like something being new and yeah. scary and being wrong. Yeah. And you have to trust your instincts if something is wrong. Yeah. Uh, even if someone says like, oh, I know best. Believe me, there's no one who actually knows best. No, no, um, no, no. Because we've seen, I mean, uh, after just listening to your Roadshow episode, I, because, you know, I was telling Matt before, I was like, I just wanted to listen to something about Roadshow. So yeah. I was like, perfect. And it goes to show, I mean, like, the best, brightest people mm-hmm. can make a show that isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's fine. So it's like even, you know, you can't, you have to take every single person, no matter how important they are. They, everyone is capable of making yeah. mistakes. And I think if you're, if you're creating something, it's great to have people around you whose opinions you trust. Yeah. Not even always agree with, but just yeah, yeah, trust. trust. And so if you disagree with them, you know that their opinion is not coming from a bad place yeah. and it makes it easier to trust your gut. Yeah. Cause if someone you, whose opinion you trust says something that makes you go, huh, mm-hmm. that could be possibly true. There's no doubt about where that uh, note is coming from and yes. there, and it gives you the courage to explore that yep. note and maybe make that change or um, not. And or be not. like, I'm confident in my not making that change. Exactly. Yes, exactly. But it's, um, I wrote a script a long while back uh, that I uh, was trying to make happen. And obviously the pandemic hit. I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard about her, but she happened. But before that happened, I um, had a meeting with someone who is like, you know, for lack of a better word, extremely successful. Okay, got, uh, it. <laughs> got it. It's one of those things where, like, how do you describe this? They're very successful. Yeah, yeah. Oscar-nominated, Emmy-nominated person. Sure. Um, and basically their advice when it came to taking notes was, like, if you can come up with a defense for any note someone gives you, mm-hmm. you know, then stand, stick to your guns. Yeah, yeah. But if someone get, offers you a note and you have no retort other than, like, you like the thing. Yeah. He's like, then maybe explore the note. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So That's such a good, yeah. Yeah, he's like, so he's like, oh, you know, you don't want to cut that line because you like the line, but yeah. tell me how this fits dramatically. I'm like, yeah. you can. He's like, then explore the idea of cutting it. Yeah. Um, which is good. Kill your babies. Yeah, kill your darlings. And if you are worth your weight in salt, like you were yeah. talking about earlier, the ideas will keep coming. Yeah. Maybe not immediately all the time, but they come. Yeah. Um, what do you do to kind of, what's your spark file? What, what what's in, my spark file? Yeah, what do you do to inspire um, yourself? It's ingesting a lot of, Media. So, like, um, I see a lot of theater. I mean, I try to see, like, at least, like, probably three shows a week if I can. Okay, Just money. No, did you say money? Yeah. No, but being a theater influencer, I almost never pay for theater tickets. It's, for it's kind of like, yeah, I'm invited to a lot of things. I'm very lucky, best part of the job. Yeah. And, um, but uh, I say I, yes to every single invite I get. I'm like, yeah. I will see no matter what it is. Yeah. I mean, whether it be a Broadway show or just like a random show downtown. Yeah. I'm like, I would love to come. Yeah. And um, that always helps. I mean, of course, with my videos in particular, because it's about theater and mm-hmm. like all, I just saw. I saw three shows yesterday because <laughs> I, I went at rent at paper mill and then saw my friend's sister show at 54 below mm-hmm. and then went to Broadway bears at midnight. So it was like, but uh, that's my dream day. I yeah. just want to like ingest live performance. So that is a lot of it because like if I feel like I, the well is completely dry, especially considering my videos are about theater, then I see something yeah. and then usually, you know, something can come to mind that I didn't think of before. So that's, that's part of my spark file. And then I, love watching new stuff like new tv shows and movies Mm -hmm. and stuff but i have my favorites that i just go back to because they're like old friends and shows like broad city shows like veep shows like 30 rock shows like um i mean i'm watching the other two right now but i always like rewatching the early seasons and um i'm rewatching looking right now as i mentioned to you before there are certain shows that i'm like i can always put it on it's like an old friend and i 
love having, you know, pieces of art in my life that I always come back. And I mean, the same goes for a lot of musicals, title of show being one of them. Like I yeah. love my every six month complete read, deep dive, deep dive into the show and the title of show show and all that. And, um, watching Susan Blackwell interviews, just like side by side by Susan Blackwell. And now I sort of do that. I do red carpet interviews and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, it's not lost on me that I think a lot of my, um, approach to it is because of Susan her and her casualness when yeah. it came to interviewing. And, um, yeah, so it's all of that. Those are my spark files. I think it, it's, it's, uh, old friends in terms of TV shows and then seeing a lot of new theater. That's like, that's my secret. Yeah. 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 Those, are, those are good secrets to have. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this thing about title of show that I think also we don't, a lot of people don't realize is mm-hmm. people like Susan Blackwell, Heidi, Heidi Blick and staff who really were able to kind of go to a whole new level of, yeah. of notoriety in the theater community from this little show that could. Mm-hmm. Um, and Heidi's now went from being someone who had to kind of fit into other people's molds now just being a full-blown leading lady no fully all over the place and and susan working in film and tv all the time being a personality having the podcast like she's just around and and is able to do it without ever sacrificing who she is yeah exactly that's so wonderful to see because susan whatever magic combination that that happened to make susan blackwell like Mm -hmm. she's such a important and sharp like comedic figure in my life and many lives. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so great that this was the platform, you know, cause yeah. I even, I, on my birthday, I think in 2018, I saw gone missing at encores. It was just one of their, you know, shows just because Susan was in it. I was mm. like, all I want to do is see Susan Blackwell in a show. And yeah. she was in gone missing. I was like, absolutely. I will absolutely see it. So yeah, I, and then also, I mean, Jeff and I mean, Hunter, I just saw Broadway bears last night mm-hmm. and he was one of the book writers on it and like came out and bowed and like seeing him, you know, still just as joyous and as loved as he, you know, has always been. And then Jeff is, has never stopped writing. I mean, no. they're writing that musical together, um, mm-hmm. which has been in development for a long time, you know, which is exciting to me that they're still collaborators. Yeah. I just love it all. It just, I, yeah. And yeah. they all, and they all still love each other. They're all still friends. Yep. I watched um, the title show reunion on the side by side with Susan Blackwell episode in prep for this, and yeah. it was just like the everyone... one where they're eating. They're at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and they're all yeah. in there playing. Like Uncle Fritz sits happily in the bathtub. Yep. Yes, yeah, of yep. course. It's so good, and and to see that rapport still intact, and and obviously like we don't know know them like their day to day, but it's very clear that like those friendships have not wavered in any way. They all still very much are in yeah. each other's lives, and again, I think that that pure joy and love and mm-hmm. not lack of condescension, as we mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. Uh, is what keeps those friendships alive. The thing about relationships, friendships, love relationships and things like that, it's like people always talk about like the work and, and effort that goes into them. Mm-hmm. And, and that is true in order to keep a relationship thriving. You do yeah. have to put in work, but the work should never feel like effort. Yeah. Yeah. Like laborious. It yeah. It's you're it's something you, you love and therefore, you know, the effort, the work doesn't feel like work. Yeah. It's, it's just, no, of course I'm going to, you know, reach out to you to see what's going on with your week. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, that's just me, you know, being your friend. That's yeah. not me. Do, that's not like, like, oh, God, send the text today. Yeah, that's you know, not me. It's on my to-do list. Yeah. yeah. Hoeing in the garden. Yeah. That, none of that shit. Um, and that is, I see, I see it with the four of them and maybe I'm projecting. I don't think I am though. Yeah. But I see it with the four of them and I go, oh God, that is, 
that is the healthiest of healthy friendships. Yeah, it just ugh, it looks so amazing, and they're able to create together. And I yeah. think that, and that's not. I mean, some of my closest friends, I would never even try to make something with. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like that's such a different beast. Absolutely. So the fact that not only do the four of them like understand each other on such a friendship level, but they were able to collaborate and create two really great musicals, mm -hmm. and that's just like. God, that's lightning in a bottle to me. I it think is. That's so special. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's see them do romance, romance together. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> of all the shows. Um, romance, romance. That's the first I that came to mind for you. Uh, well, yeah. I was trying to think of four people musicals. I love my wife. I, is I love you, your perfect now change for people. Maybe. Is that for people? Is it? I don't know that show well enough. Yeah. I think, I, think it's I love you. People. Is I love you because also four people? I think it's, I think it's like five people oh, and gross. then you can add some people. Gross. Okay. I love you. You're perfect. Now change. They can do that one. Yeah. Fine. fine. Whatever. I'm like, I watch everyone being like, you're an idiot. That is not four people. <sighs> Listen, I had an episode. Oh, there's like edges. Edges. I had edges. an episode with uh, suddenly Seymour where I couldn't for the life of me remember the word acupuncture. <laughs> and so you're like needles, needle. Like yeah, what, I, I literally was yeah. like, I was like the needle thing, and and Sutton couldn't re realize it either. And I was like, my listeners are going to be going insane because they know. Yeah, what this I works. love when I'm listening to a podcast and someone like can't think or someone gets something slightly wrong. I'm sure we've had yeah. that maybe even in this episode. Something like no idiots. Yeah, but um, it always makes me giggle. Oh, I, I get told all the time when people are listening to the podcast, like I will fully be responding to you on the subway, yeah. realizing I'm not actually in there in the room. Isn't that the goal though? That people feel like it's just like a play date and we're all just yeah. like talking. It's fun it's, it's fun. fun is she fun i think that comes from you and i just being so organic and natural oh my is that is that it what you see is what you get with what us you baby see what you get, yeah, yeah. yeah trying to think of anything else with the title of the show that we like didn't cover that i, I mean there's like so need it's to. one of those things where we could just go on forever and ever i know I, I, I could we could just like comb through the whole show and we just talk about every single moment we love i know but yeah i think i, I yeah, I, yeah. Love, I love the show. <laughs> I do. I, I don't think I give a proper shout out to the score of the show. I want to say, I mean, you did. You were you yeah, were yeah. very thoughtful. Um, <laughs> but I just want to say, I love re-listening to it. I was like, oh, this score really is quite fantastic. And yes. I remember when, so they opened on Broadway in July and, you know. Julyceum. At the Julyceum. And at the time, everyone was like, there was a half camp of people who were like, oh, I think it could do really well. It costs no money to run. Yeah. And, you know, the th clearly the theater community loves it. And then the other half were like, absolutely not. It's so yeah. niche. No one outside of, like, Broadway actors know who these people are. Yeah. And sort of half and half were true. They ended up running for about three months, mm -hmm. which I look back, I'm like, it's a miracle they ran that long because it, it oh, the title of Show Show was really their only press yeah. leading up to it. Like they didn't do giant like national no. coverage and anyway, cause I don't think they could afford to. No way. They could, no, there's no way yeah. they could. Yeah. And so they, they made the most of what they had. They closed. And, you know, I remember that final performance. It was a huge flourish. You know, they got to do the uh, gypsy of the year event yeah, a few yeah. months later. Clearly everybody still loved them. And then Hunter gets a Tony nomination for this yeah. book, which was so incredible. Yeah, of course. But I also thought to myself, I'm like, I think Jeff should have been nominated for score. And then I thought about yeah. those four nominees. It was Billy Elliot. No, yeah, it was Billy Elliot, Next, Next to Normal, Normal, Shrek, and 9 to 5. It's pretty fierce. It's pretty fierce. It was a fierce year. Oh, my God. That was such a good year. It was. And if we were doing, you know, the 2016 onwards where we get five nominees now, I think Jeff could have easily scooped I, in I there. completely agree. But I do sometimes wonder in my... Because we talked... When I had Ben Rimmelauer on to do Tony snubs, mm -hmm. we're like, you can't just say snub... Like, who was snubbed? You have to say who you'd replace them with, which makes it more difficult. Oh, my God. Scary. So I'm like, okay, who would I replace to get title of the show in there? 
And mm-hmm. here's where it gets tricky. No, I, I, I can't There's answer only, that. I, I, I guess nine to five would be my answer. Kinda. But I actually love this score. Well, so here's, so here's the thing. I'm like, the first, the one that stays is our winner next to normal. That's just, Obviously. That, that absolutely has to stay. While Shrek is not my favorite to Sorry. It was my first Broadway show I ever saw was Shrek. How old are you? 24. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but it was 2009. The year you were born was the year that Michael Barres made me realize I might be gay one day. In 1998. 1999. Oh, you're born in 98? I'm, I'm 98. I turn 25 next month. Oh, okay. Well, hello, daddy. Hello, so, daddy. Oh, my goodness. When one day people are going to start calling you daddy unironically. I know. I'm scared. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. But so, um, Shrek, it's not my favorite story, but it's like probably my second to least favorite story. But there's no story where I dislike. Second to least favorite? But it's not, I say this because we got ourselves Fun Home, Caroline, Kimberly, Violet, Violet. which are just like, I, I, wouldn't, I would kill someone else to hold on to those words yeah. forever. Uh, and then we have Shrek where I'm like, that is a gentleman. Is Millie point. like your least favorite? Yeah, just because it's half not her. Yeah, um, it is half not yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, Shrek yeah. is like a gentleman 7.5 and then Millie is a gentleman 7. Okay. Um, so when I say it's my second to least, I'm not like... Who I'd be though. One of the best actors. Oh, I, I love who have. I'd be. I love so many songs. I'm made of course. I'm made of course. So I think I would keep Shrek and then it's between Billy Elliot and 9 to 5. Here's the thing. I actually probably prefer the score to 9 to 5. But to like, I, I don't want to... Billy, Billy Elliot won Best Musical that year. So yeah. I'm like, is that crazy for me to say, take Elton out of the race? Because I don't think the, the, the magic said, of that show is, is the, the score. score. No, the moment you said Elton, I'm like, killer. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, my the, God. The score for Billy Elliot does what it's supposed to do, which is that it's... No, a, it serves its purpose, yeah. for sure. It's a jumping off point for the dance. For the dance. Because that's the whole point, is that the main character best expresses himself yeah. through dance. So the score is not meant to be Sondheim. It's meant to, you know, be as sort of basic enough for these characters to then leap into dance. Yeah. So it does what it, set out, what it sets out to do. But if I'm... If you're like, Matt, you got to kill one to put in title of the show. Yeah. I don't think I can take it away from Dolly because she gave us the I COVID mean, vaccine. So, and also. Also, and also, hold on. That score. I listen to 9 to 5 a lot. Shine Like the Sun, bop. Sure. Um, change it, bop. Um, there's uh, Around Here, bop. Uh-huh. The opening number is absolute electricity. Then you get Get Out and Stay Out. Here's the thing. The lyricism isn't profound, but... I love a lot of that score. I love it. I think it's so much fun. And that cast was so undeniable that that cast album is just so much fun for me. So I might actually get rid of Billy Elliot as well, but my sure. like intellectual answer is probably getting rid of it, but it, yeah, it doesn't I, feel right. I call get out and stay out an ode to nodes. Oh my God. An ode to nodes. That is ode, what it is. In, it's an ode to nodes. And Stephanie J block just comes on stage and she goes, what's hard. And it's like, you, you what's don't, hard? what you don't know. It's hard. Yeah. You don't, it's oh God. Oh my God. She's like, what? It's simply a high A flat. I'm like, Ugh. she is singing. She's yeah. God. Stephanie J block. What a, what a gift she has. Sometimes I want to slap people. They're so talented. She's one of, she is. And then also the fact that she's like hilarious and yeah. like that whole falsettos of it all, like that falsettos revival, like changed me forever. Uh, speaking of slaps and then we'll cut it out. Uh, <laughs> two, no- two nobodies in New York has some of my favorite bit of choreography, which is when they do the Dinah Manoff bit. Dinah Manoff. She's awesome. awesome. She was in, in Greece, Greece and, and leader, leader of, of the, the pack. pack slap. And then slap. Yeah, he, he right. slapped because he, they're facing each other and getting close to each other. And he slaps Jeff right before we could yeah. ask significant yeah. questions. I, I when we're that. doing it for my solo show, um, 
I was talking to Ben Rahel, who's a music director, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, I feel like we need to change Dinah Manoff. And I was like, I agree, because like no one in the audience is going to know who Dinah Manoff is. It's like, well, is there someone we can change? So we really went around and like toyed with that, and we did change it. I'm not going to give it, give it away right now, but it's like a very funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> funny addition that works meter-wise with the shows that we're mentioning everything. So I will tell you that off-air. Please do. We could get that woman who was on Falcon Crest. Oh my, close. But no, I'm like, I think what <laughs> on Falcon Nest. Crest. No, uh, you're gonna die. You're gonna. You're gonna die. I'm looking forward. Uh, yeah. No. Just, this show, for everybody who might discover it and not love it, you're, there's gonna be someone who's gonna discover it and love it. Yeah. Exactly. It's. I. I think it's such a great home base kind of a show. It's. It's a bomb in so many ways, mm-hmm. and it's hard to talk about it and not feel like floaty f of s and like that um, is exactly what it feels like talking about it yeah i'm i'm like i don't love being super fangirly just because i feel like once i get fangirly i stop being uh i stop doing critical analysis and i'm I'm just like yeah yeah um but you know in a way it's it it is a joyful show and i don't want to take away that from it as i as i like do these deep dives yeah of course it's just it's just love there's so much love in it so much intelligence in it and for every like Again, like every like small note I have, mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from all the things I love about it. Yeah, of course. And and, and it also like I don't know. It there are some pieces of writing where I walk away and I'm like, I can't touch that. I want I I it, like that don't inspire me to write. Yeah, like yeah. it's the Fleabag season two is not in my spark file because it is so perfect. Yeah, you're like, well, it's such a masterpiece. Yeah. Like every time I watch it, I'm like, I can't. Oh, it's so good. I'm like, I can't touch this. No, and it cripples me for like it paralyzes me for three weeks. Yeah, I can't write. I I could feel inspired with title of the show because while it is incredible, it is not like this untouchable masterpiece from like, yeah. well, I could never touch that. I'm like, Oh no, for everything that I'm like, Oh, that's brilliant. I'm like, Oh, that, that's something I'm not sure if I think totally works. Mm-hmm. What would I do differently? Yeah. Which then becomes its own thing. And I'm sure, you know, Jeff and Hunter have their own shows that do that for them. Yeah. And that's sort of the beauty of the snake eating its own tail. And that is theater in general yeah. of the, of the content that creates the content, which will create the content, which yeah. will create the content, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look at your videos and I go, oh, what would I do differently? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm, sure. I I mean, do I'm sure that's my job. I mean, <laughs> I think I would be thinner. Oh my God. <laughs> if I, if, if I had made a creative choice, I would just choose to be thinner. You know, I think if I were you, I would be thinner. I, would be thinner. <laughs> I think I would just work really hard to have a better oh body. Oh my God. That is so rich. That is so rich. <laughs> it is rich. I'm just dragging everybody. Dragon, drag, drag us. I mean, Please. But listen, everybody drags me. It's fine. I, yeah. l- I I love it when people come and slip into my DMs. I'm like, so who do you think you are for having these opinions? And I'm like, I am me. Yeah, I am so playing true. me. I'm I'm playing stuck in a show. For I am playing I am me. playing me. Tyler, this has been oh my god, what a joy! So glorious, an absolute joy. I thank you for agreeing because you like fully did not give me the option for title show, but I was like, I unfortunately I'm going to need to sort of add to the write in ballot. But how? title of show of you to see the options and go no no (laughs) i want to i want to carve my own i'm gonna carve my own path yeah and son the son foster and me said trust your gut and say yes oh my god but and and i did and now i have a new hobby trolling you trolling me (laughs) (laughs) how lucky am i I love it. You're very lucky. Yeah. Um, I also want to say, everybody, let's not drag Tyler for being unfortunate to have invites to shows. I've also had invites to shows. I don't mean to throw you under the bus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Although it's easy, you are very thin. Uh, I've also, I the night you saw Parade, I was also invited to Parade. Like, I, Come on. See? It happens. I think if I had... That's had, the biggest perk. If you want to start making content, just know that that could happen. You can start getting invited to things. Listen, uh, the day after we record this, I might be going to a fun event in Soho that I was invited to because of social media. 
Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. I, I know what, what, what you're talking I know, about. I know you know what it is. I, but I, I can't go because I'm going to a different event. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you're going to a, a fancier event. Oh, my gosh. No, hardly. Just an event that I, I was like, I said yes to this first. But, so it's, but it's fancier. Maybe. Yeah. It's <laughs> Listen, you are getting recognized at Parade, and I'm getting recognized at Titanic. Oh, so Titan- hey, you know what? I'm just saying one of them is Ben Flat Broadway, and the other one was under a Christides. So yeah, you're so right about that. One day I will get recognized at the Marriott Marquis. Yes. I don't know why I'm doing Once there. Upon one more time. Sure. That that's what that's what it is. I saw her. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. So that, I've got nothing else to say. Great. Let's 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 find a way to close this out. Where I'm sure anyone who's listening to this knows where to find you. But if you want people to find you, where can they find you? You can find me on social media. I'm on <laughs> TikTok and Instagram at Tyler Joseph Ellis. Just my whole name. The whole name. If the you want to, if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram only at Matt Coplick, Usual spelling. Mm-hmm. If you like the podcast, you can give us a nice rating, uh, nice little five stars. It's been a minute since we got our last review. Uh, do you read them aloud to the class? I do. Oh my god! I Even do. if they're mean, they haven't been mean yet. Oh okay. Oh okay. Um, I've got. I mean, I've gotten. Not I think. <laughs> I think I've only gotten like two one star ratings. But those people. Oh my god. Those people. Those homophobic. Very homophobic. Yeah. I have a feeling I know who one of those people was. was <gasps> but the tea. The tea. But they didn't write reviews. They just did the one star and called it a day. Oh, that's so lazy. It is. But we've gotten, we've got, every review has been either, f- has been five, I think one four star, but those yeah. have been five. They've been very lovely. The people who choose to listen to this podcast have written some fucking awesome reviews. Oh my God. Yay. I read them aloud and then I, in post, put the line of the Piazza overture underneath it. Oh my God. Yeah, before Kelly comes in because I can't compete with that voice. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, she's just in the overture, just yeah. singing. She just she, Kelly, ah. Kelly Overture Hera. Overture Hera. That's not a good one, but it's well I could think of. Um, that's it, I guess. Uh, Tyler, we close out every episode with a Broadway diva. Who would you like to have us close out today? With any Broadway diva of my choosing, of your choosing. Oh my God, we're pro choice here. I know. I, I forgot. Um, we're going with C- Carol Channing. <laughs> oh god (laughs) okay i wish i really wish that there was like some recording of carol channing singing in quotation marks Mm -hmm. um some song where like you want a voice (laughs) but you just get carol channing i'm sure that exists nobody go that's really good that's really good is gonna rain in my parade that's why i love my god people I was people like, who need people. I, I said she's done that. Hasn't. Well, no, Streisand I, I mean, did. I could just hear it. Streisand did her show, but she's never done a Streisand show. <laughs> oh, got it, got it. That's Streisand woman. I'm like, I'm sorry, Carol. You oh belt a D for 19 seconds. Carol. Oh, you can't because oh, you you're dead. Okay. Oh my god, no! But we're ending with no, Carol. We're gonna, we're gonna end with Carol Channing. Great. Yes. Um, join us next week for God knows what because we've been doing this whole series out of order. Um, but it will either be significant other or something else. Exciting. Yeah. And if it's significant other, get ready for actual full blown tears. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I haven't actually like cried, cried on this podcast yet. I've gotten like a little misty reading. Some of the... other you're going to get there. Yeah. I got a little misty reading some of those reviews, but I haven't full blown cried. That's absolutely going to happen. Oh my God. That's what that show do to me. I love no, it. It's, it's great. Yeah. Anyway, but that's it. Have a great rest of your week guys. And um, yeah, take us away. I guess, Carol. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I made the right call. I knew. I was like, Woo. there's something in the tone of a saxophone that makes me do a little wiggle all my own. Cause I'm a jazz baby. Full of jazz bohemian. 
That walked the dog and bowled the jack that caused all the talk. He's just a copy of the way I naturally walk, cause I'm a jazz baby. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 